Rusev Udria, Rusev Machka. Welcome in. It is episode number 109 of Jobbing Out. You got something for 109? Uh, yeah, I used to take math 109. Oh, shut, shut up. That's lame. That uh, is lame. Glenn Clark. Oh, it's funny because none of you cocksuckers have anything. <laughs> Actually, um, this is this is how much of a fat guy I am. Once upon a time, there was a Taco Bell commercial where they were advertising. This, this is from a long time ago. Regular tacos were 69 cents. Taco Supremes were 89 cents. And, like, the, the Super Taco was 109. And, like, the chorus of the song was 69, 89, 109. That's what I had prepared for today. That's what I had. Super fat guy over here. Glenn Clark. Let's go with, let's go with RT at sign. You guys two, two minutes ago. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, at uh, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun Rolling Stone, and of course, the main event, vent, vent, vent. AJ Francis of the Washington Redskins. Who? So, how is this going to work next week? You're going to be back in town. Are yeah. we? Are we going to be able to get together at all? Like, what's the what's the deal? Um, I mean, if you guys do it later in the day, yeah, if you don't do it at twelve thirty. What's so? What's your it, schedule like? Because we we got Ron Funchess on the on the show next week, and I, with, I don't know yet. No offense to you, he's 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 better. Uh, <laughs> so I need to work around his schedule a little bit, but we'll figure that out. We we'll try to get together so we can do the show all three of us together. We got uh, coming up this week. Obviously, we're going to talk about the. Uh, Superstar shakeup, some other stuff that's going on sort of behind the scenes in the WWE, and joining us later on in the program, John Robinson, the author of the new uh, tell-all, not really tell-all, but expo- I don't know what, the authorized book, The Story of NXT, NXT, The Future Is Now, which I have made through 12 chapters. 12 chapters. I yeah. I know you could read 12 Suck chapters. Suck it. Yeah, AJ said last week I never read anything. I didn't Suck it. Count to 12. 12 chapters I made it through so far. Of uh, NXT, the future is now. You just got to give me the right content. I totally, I look like the dumbest guy at the gym the other day. I was sitting on the bike because I wanted to read the book. I was sitting on the bike reading the book like an old woman. Like, um, it's a good look. Read while you're working out. You're not working out. I know. I'm very aware of that. I am extremely aware of that. That's why I compared myself to an old woman. I was, I was that guy sitting, I, it's better than reading the book and not doing any, not peddling, alright? It's better than doing that. But I did read, and so I'm looking forward to ta- chatting with John Robinson. Um, a lot has changed. A lot has changed over the course would, of the Would you the, say uh, there's been a shakeup? Might even say there's been a bit of a shakeup. Perhaps you would go that far. Um, a lot of, a lot of stuff I like, a lot of stuff that was predictable. I don't know how much, like, I don't know that there was anything shocking that occurred this week. Anything that we said, no way I ever saw that coming. Um, but yet. Uh, I don't think you know, I don't think any of us thought that they would flop the U.S. title and the Intercontinental title. It's okay. not shocking, but it, that's a little right. bit of a surprise. That was the most surprise. That was only the biggest okay. move. It, you're right. You're right. I don't think we expected that at the same time. I think that we did allude to the idea that Kevin Owens himself could be somebody that could go. Um, so I don't. I, I don't know. It wasn't. I get it. It's look. I'm not trying to downplay any of it. I thought it was a legitimate roster shakeup. I think it creates a lot of new and fresh things. I think it's interesting if this is the route that they're going to go. How often are they going to go this route? They didn't even go a full year 
after the draft before they did this? Are they trying to set the calendar around WrestleMania? Because I'm not opposed to that. I think that makes sense from a perspective. But I it mean, does... this also doesn't mean that they can't do a draft again at the same time as they did the last year. I, right. That, I think, then becomes too much. Yeah. I, I think to have the rosters change so drastically for just three months would be... Or I guess not at the same time they did it last year, but like... After like SummerSlam, September. Set the calendar... Yeah. If we're setting the calendar at WrestleMania every year, then like six months after that, you do a new one. Okay. I, I, I think I liked yeah. what you said last week at that, you know, they are setting the calendar. This is the first day of the new year. This is when we can expect. I think they should changes. keep it this way for a year. Yeah. That's my, I, 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 my opinion. If, if you want to do small trades here and there, small okay. moves yeah. here and there, I, I like the idea of an open, you know, an open relationship where every now and then when it makes sense, you can have a trade. Right. But I think the, you do the big moves once a year and I think it makes sense right after Mania. You set it. The, I love, you know, I, I can't love. Hear anything. You can't hear anything? Hello? Did you hit the cord by chance? Can you hear us now? Yeah, I can. Okay, sorry about that. We lost AJ for a second. We'll get that fixed. Um, no, I'm, I'm with you. I think that setting the calendar is, for WrestleMania is supposed to be the most important date on the calendar. So everything should build up to WrestleMania. Now it's awkward because you have a pay-per-view right afterwards called Payback, and now you're doing this weird... I mean, no, no but actually, I, the more I think about it, that actually is perfect because now Payback can always be... The pay-per-view after WrestleMania that settles whatever issues you have coming out of WrestleMania and ends um, feuds going into whatever the new storylines would be after the shakeup. So you're saying you're um, good. The way they're doing it this year, you'd be good if they did it that way every year, where it's yeah, awkward yeah, and you have a, as long as it's not like a Raw exclusive or SmackDown exclusive, yeah. because we're having an intercontinental. I mean, we're having um, a U.S. title match along with having other matches that are from technically both shows. Yeah. That, so it, it, I think it works well that way. I'm, I'm a little concerned. That's the one thing that concerns me coming out of this is you have two matches, two title matches that are interbrand matches, and I'm a little worried that they might get the idea of, especially if this pay-per-view does well, gets buzz, that they might get the idea of, oh, we need more interbrand matches, that that's the way to spice it up. That's my one concern coming you out of it. You want to keep that. I, I want, you know, we, we talked about it right after, after the brand split. We want to keep these separate. I, I do. But it, it's oh, not. There's already, of the what, 19 pay-per-views a year, there's already 13 right. guaranteed to be separate, bro. I think you're thinking a bit too well, much. Well, but this right. one was guaranteed to be separate. This is a raw pay-per-view that has smack, that has two SmackDown titles being well, defended on And it. specifically, it's guys that are on, that are on separate shows right now. And I think that's, that's a unique thing. I, I think they could try to do a better Raw versus SmackDown pay-per-view at some point during the course of the year. I don't think Survivor Series does that. I don't think that, that, that Royal Rumble, I think those are such unique circumstances. Bring back bragging rights. Type, yeah, they yeah. could do that type of event and make it a big event at some point during the year where one time a year right. somebody on the Raw card faces someone on the SmackDown card with there being something good for, for everybody involved. Um, I, I'm with you. Otherwise, I'd like to see them separate. But I don't think AJ's wrong with his his thought process that payback kind of works in this way of saying, look, we're going to do the superstar shakeup, and then we're going to settle everything. Payback, right. you know, is going to be the end because you guys are going to different shows at that point. Yeah, like, you I, know I, this is how this as, comes As to long as this is the end, as long as this is payback, as long as this is a one-time thing and they don't then decide, okay, this worked here, we can do it later, which we know they've done. But, well, but why would you do, think they did that because they didn't do that after Battleground? No, and it's, look, I think that that was part of the reason why we all thought Battleground was so cool, but didn't Battleground, Battleground happened 
It no, was, granted, it was the day. It was they did the this Sunday Smackdown. after the yes, draft. Right. Yeah. It was immediately the Sunday, there, there Sunday was, after. There the There was no, you know, going their separate ways because, like, right now you had Bray, the Raw superstar, on SmackDown. With, right. You know. Right. Look, I, I, I love Battleground. I You're nitpicking. Was... You are nitpicking. Hey, like yeah. I said, if this is the one time, and then they go away from it, I'm fine. I'm just that's my one concern coming out of it is the way that uh, I'm always for not doing too much of this. I'm always right. for that, but I. I, I I was opposed to this to begin with. AJ sold me on why I'm not as opposed to this. I, I actually like Payback better, and I, I'm, I'm more with the concept of it based on the way that he framed that. So I'm, I'm good with that. Let's talk about who went where. Um, we mentioned, obviously, the two titles, flip spots. By the way, a little bit awkward that you did this main event on SmackDown, which was amazing, to be the number one contender for the secondary title. Well, like, that's a bit uncomfortable Especially because the way that they're setting it up, the way that, you know, the U.S. title is going to be defended at Payback. Uh, what is the – is it Backlash? That's the SmackDown pay-per-view Yes, afterwards. that sounds right. So so you have Backlash. So you have the number one contender, now AJ Styles, is presumably getting his shot at Backlash, meaning – and then you have presumably Randy Orton's going to retain the title at Payback. But let's yeah, just – I mean, I, I I mean I, either I, way. So presumably he's going to retain it. So most likely the situation that you're having is one of these guys who lost – for the number one right. contender, ends up the becoming US the number one so contender. Like Cor- for the- Corbin is going to most likely, when you look at the roster, it's probably going to be Corbin getting the title shot at Backlash. Um, I mean, there's other ways you can go. It doesn't have to be Corbin, but yeah, I mean, it's- I mean, it's going to be a, it's going to be the the world ti- the WWE title shot for that pay per view. I think it is Backlash is is going to be an odd person, whoever it ends up being, whether it's. But I mean, that's kind of necessary because you don't want to just take the belt off of Orton in two pay per views after you give it to him at WrestleMania. I don't necessarily disagree with you, and I don't think I would. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying I don't think I would have argued that AJ Styles should have been the number one contender for this pay per view because, again, I think that AJ Styles should be your champion in a bigger spot. I think AJ Styles is now about to become your top face, which isn't. It's just amazing. It is. He is. It is. That's why. That's why it's going to be a while before. That's why I like the fact that he's in the U.S. title match because I don't think he's going to win, and it'll. And I I think he is going to win. I think especially I don't think with he's Ray- going to win at all. I think Kevin Owens is going to do something super healy to win, and I think AJ Styles is going to get it reinforces more him of as, top, face. as top face. Exactly. But yeah. I, I, I think I think Randy Orton, Orton, Kevin Owens is your feud for the summer, though. It's a good one. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it could be, but that, that, it could also be Randy Orton Rusev. I mean, it could be Randy Orton, pretty much anybody. Uh, it, it, whoever you want to take the who the, the point of this is. That somebody is giving the belt to AJ Styles probably at SummerSlam, right? If not, probably Survivor Series somewhere around that it, that time, maybe Money in the Bank. So somewhere in that that whole late summer, early fall area, AJ Styles is going to win the belt, unless they're going to save it for WrestleMania, which they very well could. But the point is that Randy Orton's going to have the belt until whoever is going to give the belt to AJ Styles takes it. Okay, here's an, I'm going to ask a, the weirdest question. This is how good SmackDown is, by the way. This is how good SmackDown is. And as I alluded to you last week, I, I they did exactly what I thought they would do. I think Rusev and Sami Zayn are slam dunks on SmackDown. Yep. They're about to become stars yep. that are going to be rock stars over the course of the next year because they got on the right show. Yes. Because we know they're awesome. R- Rusev was the biggest win of, I, and I was, I was going to try to frame it this way, like ask you guys what you think. I think Rusev is the biggest win of the shakeup. Correct. I think he's absolutely in the right place that he should be, and I think he'll be used far better. I think he's going to be in the title picture. I think this is exactly why you have a shakeup like this, because SmackDown as a show can absolve whatever struggles guys have had on Raw 
because we still know that Rusev kicks ass. Like, we're still in on the idea that Rusev is great. We just think they fucked him up on SmackDown, in part because they decided to serve him up, or on Raw, I mean, because they decided to serve him up to John Cena so long ago. He's never really recovered from that. Now he has the opportunity to flourish. Rusev's awesome. That's a great move. I, I said it last week, and I'll say it again. The reason why Rusev to SmackDown, I called it last week, makes so much sense, is because SmackDown doesn't have a monster heel. They don't have. They've been trying to make Baron Corbin that guy a little bit, but, but he's but even, right. But even Baron, he just doesn't come off like that. Right, right. Like that's just not. Even though he is a dope heel and he's a big guy and all, he just doesn't come off as a monster heel. Literally, they had. Braun Strowman pick up an ambulance. It was pretty amazing. And, we'll, 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 get we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a monster heel. Yes. That's what a monster heel does. Yes, correct. Rusev can be that on SmackDown because there's literally no one else on SmackDown that can be. No, 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 right. no. You're absolutely right about that, and that's why I'm all in on Rusev, and I'm in total agreement. I, I'm about to ask the nerdiest internet nerd question, right, which is, I just said it looks like they're turning AJ Styles' face, right? And I mean, it's it's clear they're turning AJ Styles' face. It's obvious they're turning AJ Styles' face. He's the top guy in all of professional wrestling at the moment. On the same show as Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. Is there any chance, and I know this sounds absurd, but that ultimately becomes a problem because I think the goal of bringing up Nakamura was to make him the top face on the show, and I think they ended up having sort of a bit of a problem on their hands when they realized... Holy shit, AJ Styles is the most over guy in professional wrestling, despite that we're, and we're talking about the other most over guy in professional it, wrestling. It, it can be a problem, but it's, a, it's one that can be easily avoided. Especially, let, let's just assume here, and it's a big assumption, but the most logical thing right now, I give you the SmackDown roster. What's the WWE title match for WrestleMania? Uh, um, I think AJ Styles probably versus Rusev. For WrestleMania, I, I I was saying Styles Nakamura. Like, okay, but but that's right at the moment. That's two faces. This is what I'm well, talking well, but, about. But but I'm saying that. That's what I'm saying. In, I'm saying you can build it up in a way. A, you know, you can turn Styles back. I feel like you can if you want to. But B, I think if you do it where Styles, I I kind of disagree with you, AJ. That Styles I don't is. Think, it, I don't. Well, I don't think they're gonna go. I, Styles Nakamura because I I just the same reason we're not. Gonna, I don't think we're gonna get Nakamura Brock. I just don't think. That WWE wants to put on matches that were main events at Wrestle Kingdom. You know what I'm saying? Like I just don't, I just don't think that that's their. They they want to be different from every other promotion. I think that if we're going to get anything at WrestleMania, it would be like Shinsuke Randy Orton, or maybe Brock switch shows, and you do AJ Styles Brock. Like I, I don't think that we're going to get AJ. I, I think we'll get AJ versus Shinsuke. I just don't think they will do it at Mania. You mean at SummerSlam? No, I was saying mania. He said mania. Oh, you said, I mania? said mania. Oh, okay. I I was saying that if if you if you look okay, well, at the booking a... all the way to mania, well, I hear you. Then, then you push Styles hard. Now you you have uh, Shinsuke do kind of it's this it's remarkably climb. it would be remarkably unlike WWE, and AJ's right about that. Oh, it's it would be unlike WWE, unlike WWE, but the, the main event at 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 WrestleMania is going to involve Brock Lesnar, Roman, well, Roman I'm not Reigns, saying the, I'd, I'd say the SmackDown main event. Oh, uh, the SmackDown main event. At, well, John Cena is still on SmackDown, so and, John and, and Cena would be involved fair. in the main event. John Cena, yes. John um, Cena would, would be the one. But just the way that they're getting the reactions, we, you know, it's hard to imagine them losing, the, assuming they're booked properly. But this, and that, that just seems like, that just seems like a, 
that just seems like a Royal Rumble match to me. Like, it seems like a match that should be the main event of WrestleMania. Right. But I just think that we're going to get it at Royal Rumble. No, 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 I don't, I agree with you, because I think that they're going to, what they're going to end up saying is we'll have John Cena face Nakamura in the, the main event at at WrestleMania, because that's what the WWE does. Yeah. Um, now, all that being said, my point being, can you keep both of these guys this red hot? Can you do that yes. with them both being faces? Yes. This, I think, again, I think you can as long as you, you make sure they are at not quite the same level. You have maybe AJ at the very top and you have Nakamura at least for the next, you know, three, I bring, three I, I bring this up because. That, that's why, that's also why I said I don't think that Kevin Owens is going to lose the belt. Because I think the next, the easiest way to do that is you have Kevin Owens win cheap. And then you have him win another match over AJ Styles, like to get rid of the feud, so the feud is done. Even if that one's cheap too, but it's in a no DQ match, so it doesn't matter that it was cheap. Uh, you get the feud over with, with between them two, and then that takes uh, two months. And then after that, at that point, Shinsuke's done with Dolph Ziggler, and you have Shinsuke versus Kevin Owens at SummerSlam for the U.S. title. And I never wear pants again. Correct. I mean, I I swear to God, I would jack it so hard. I mean, we would be going if that happens. <laughs> we're going to Brooklyn. I want to make that very clear. If Shinsuke Nakamura faces Kevin Owens, we're going to Brooklyn, and I am jacking it in front of children. I don't care. That's the, wait. I mean, easy. Yes, I better, wow. better calm wow. down a little bit. That, that was. <laughs> Are you kidding me? If we get Shinsuke Nakamura, Kevin Owens, I just cancel professional wrestling after that point. Cancel it. I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'm. That's that's how I think. Just from how this whole thing went about, that's how I think it's going to shake out. I think you're going to get Shinsuke versus Kevin Owens at SummerSlam for the U.S. title, and I think it would be probably the biggest non-world title match in the history of SummerSlam. Oh my god, it would be so amazing. It'd be so effing amazing. I, I I'm I'm with you. I dig it. I will say this. I it felt weird. You know how you know I am on Nakamura Ziggler. I think it's amazing. I think yeah. it's just the greatest thing ever. Having that happen at 9:20 when they did it, it didn't feel right to me. It felt like any appearance of Shinsuke Nakamura right now should be bigger than middle of the hour, right? It should be. I, I feel you, but at the same time, he's only been on SmackDown two weeks. I, I know, but just, just why? It, he's so much more over than anyone that's ever arrived and, ever. And you, know who, you know who's really going to benefit from this? Like Shinsuke coming up is Dolph, Dolph. Ziggler as a heel. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. Sure. 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 You're absolutely yeah. right. One hundred percent. No, no. He was, he was like. Dolph's been a heel for a while, and like I've always liked Dolph, and as you should. Because everyone, everyone besides everyone Aaron Oster knows that Dolph Ziggler Dolph. is fucking amazing. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler is a Hall of Famer, is one of the great performers we've seen in the yes. last couple of decades, and Aaron is an asshole. <laughs> Correct. This is all factual. What's up now, with you? By the way, your internet is a little a little tricky today, that, boy. Uh, Dolph? Oh, how's it sound now? Sound good? All right, you're back now. Does it sound good? Yeah, you're, you're okay. All right, cool. Dolph's promo is uh, this week before Shinsuke came out, and then his promo in the ring with Shinsuke was just fantastic. Oh, he, I mean, the man, Dolph, is back. He's finally got someone to work with. The problem with Dolph Ziggler as a heel is he has to have someone that people care about in the ring with him. And that's a big thing. You, you have to, as not just someone to care about, you have to have someone to make you cheer them over Dolph. That's always yes. that. That's always been you know. You put him against Kalisto. Like, do we really like, like Kalisto the was, enough? If the room was full of. If the arena is full of fifteen hundred, fifteen thousand errands, then yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, Dolph's not going to get cheers. But like, if 
he's in there with Shinsuke and there's normal people in there. He, he, he's, he's going to yes. be the one that loses. You know yes. What I'm I mean, Not especially, especially when Shinsuke is doing the super sad, Oh, you really tried to kick me face, which was just <laughs> so wonderful. Like that was everything that was great about Shinsuke right there is that gif of him just shaking his head sadly. Like, come Look, on, man. I wanted to give you a chance and you're making me do this now. Really? Best gift from the week is is Alexa Bliss pointing down at the ground. Well, yeah, that's good too. That's really good. <laughs> it is really good. You know, there's no doubt about that. Look, I'm, if they can keep them both hot, red. It is absurd that they, they have, have managed separate. They have, they just have to keep them separate. right away from each other, yeah. and and both and yet still both involved in meaningful things. And that's the right. tricky part about it's this. Not, not, it's not tricky on SmackDown. You're probably right about that. It, I'm only saying it's tricky because you have a face champ or somebody who's, I guess he's supposed to be a face champion right now. Who knows? Right? Like, God, I really don't know about that. And, that's and, the, that's what I keep telling, like, people, like, you're so convinced that AJ has to go back heel. Like, I think Randy Orton turns, turns heel before and, AJ. And that, back. and that would be the easiest way to go about doing yep. this. The, the easiest way to go about keeping them both red hot is to have Orton go heel so I that. I think heel or. Heel Orton versus face AJ at uh, SummerSlam and heel Kevin Owens versus Shinsuke at SummerSlam for the U.S. title. I yeah. think those are the two title matches. Take my yes. fucking money. Yes. That's, that, that's, that's definitely the best way to do it. My God. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think the one, it's not even a problem. It's, it's just that, you know, you're, you're pushing AJ as a face. You're pushing Shinsuke as a face. You know, we just talked about Sammy coming over and he should be used really well. If you're doing that, does Sammy get lo- left lost a little bit in the shuffle there? No, because I still think Sammy's in a better spot than he was on. Oh, he's Raw. definitely in a better he's, spot. He's That's not. The he's not in the. Ma- he's not going to be. Sh- and they're just going to rejuvenate this the feud between him and Rusev. I think. Yeah, I think that I think that works. I think there's a lot of things you can do without being in. I think Luke Harper is still a factor in all of this. I think Luke that, Harper. What about what about uh, Baron Corbin? Yeah. Thing? Right. I mean, I still think there's a lot of things you can do. That again, I think that SmackDown is in such a better position, and that's why I'm not as nervous about the Nakamura AJ thing. I just think that you're dealing with a phenomenon right now. That you have the two dudes that are both absolutely on top of professional wrestling. They're on the right spot. There's no doubt. I feel way more confidence in them getting this right with those two dudes on SmackDown than right. I would with those two dudes on Raw. Especially with Cena not being around till June. Correct. That helps a great deal because you're not just going to serve them up, right? Can, like can, the, can you think about the Money in the Bank match? We, we were talking about, oh, no, you know, it, that should be uh, multi-brand. And, you know, it, right now it looks like it's always SmackDown. But if it's just SmackDown, Jesus we get Christ, AJ man. Styles, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura, Dolph Ziggler, Rusev. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's insane. <laughs> Same. And the funny thing is, like, I'm not it, like Mojo Raleigh, somebody like that. Like, right. Then they're, 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 well, you don't even like we just listed six. We don't need to. It's ma- crazy, well, we man. Can. It's yeah. crazy. It is so crazy how good. And this is, I guess, if I'm nervous about anything, I'm nervous that SmackDown. We're starting to create a situation where the Smarks are just going to say, "I'll watch SmackDown, and I'm not going to watch Raw." And I mean, that's. That, I don't think that'll ever. Happen. It, it hasn't happened so far. Like, I, like I'm, and, and, I'm, and I'm not saying. Well, I'm certainly not suggesting it's happened so far. I I Seth hope Seth Rollins is on Raw. Is Seth Rollins is on Raw, and come we're assuming coming out of the pay per view that uh, Bray Wyatt coming out of the pay per view. Yeah, well, Bray Wyatt and Y two J are both are going to be on Raw. Well, well, we, we don't, don't think Jericho's going to be Jer- around. Jericho's going to go at least go away for a bit. Um, no, you're right, and it's still Raw, right? It's still the flagship show, and maybe that's the best way to go about doing this: is to say 
Look, well, the, the SmackDown can be the internet show. Raw can be WWE well, it, it's, show. It's what they did in 03. It's it's you know that was the SmackDown six. It was the the true re- the you know the the pure wrestling fans. They loved what Benoit and Eddie and Kurt Angle and Rey Mysterio and all those all those guys were doing over SmackDown. But Raw was always built. You know, this is the flagship. This is the stars. And it, this and is and where it makes we're going. Sense because Raw is the show that non-wrestling fans are going to watch. Like, casual wrestling fans are going to watch right. Raw over SmackDown right. every time. Even if SmackDown's ten times better, just because Monday Night Raw is just It's the flagship iconic. show, right. Yeah, I know. I hear you. I totally hear you. And I think this, they perhaps I should be giving them more credit that they're figuring this out, right? Like, perhaps I this is not just dumb luck that it's worked out this way. This might have been their strategy from day one to build it this exact way and to say we're going to have – the WWE show on Monday nights, we're going to have the show for the internet on Tuesday nights. And if that's the case, they've done a fucking excellent job, right? Like, they've done an absolutely outstanding job. I am not, I'm not down on Raw. I'm still going to watch Raw. I don't get the, I get nerdy excitement watching SmackDown. Like, watching SmackDown has become a joy for me. It has become like a... And now that the New Day's on SmackDown, holy hell. as if, as if I saw Aaron tweet, he was so bummed when it, the Shining Stars came out. He was like, "Really? That's the tag team that we're gonna <laughs> now." Granted, I think the Shining Stars could work very well on SmackDown. Um, I think because well, they're instantly more credible than the majority of the SmackDown tag division. <laughs> absolutely, like the they're the they're the second best heel tag team on SmackDown. I mean, um, after, after the tag champs. They come on, are... Brizengo is fantastic. I will not I hear do any. I love Brizengo. It's, a, it's a bummer that hasn't worked better. But the thing is, the thing is, like, I, we love Brizengo. That's the issue. They're heels. Right. Yeah. You know yeah, And, no. like, the Shining Stars, even though I think what they do is hilarious with the, with the time shift. No, I'm I, with you. Right, yeah. I think that's one of the most underappreciated gimmicks in the history of WWE. But I think that them coming in immediately – has has the potential for a younger, like American Alpha, to be able to build themselves up and get more following because people want to see them beat the Shining Stars. Yeah, I I don't disagree. I don't. I think that's. I think that American Alpha needs that. I think the tag division. I clearly think the tag division on SmackDown is better simply because of the presence of the New Day. It, it, well, I assume right. that that was, you know, we were asking why the new, the uh, the Usos won the titles. Right. And it, it seems very clear they are keeping more the seat answer, warm right. for the New Day. It's yeah. a great point. New Day, new Day versus Usos two years ago was one of the best feuds we've saw. It was a good one. It was very, a good one. Very, very, very long time. Yeah, you're right. And two years, if I would have told you, Two years from now, they're going to be doing the same feud. You'd be like, man, this sucks. Like, I hate this. Like, WWE never gives us anything we want. And actually. <laughs> no, it feels fresh, right? It feels, yeah, well, it feels like a completely different thing. It feels new. It feels different. I'm, I'm, we're all in. We're all in. And yet the tag division on Raw is on fucking godly loaded. You know, like, right. it's, it's absurd how loaded the tag division tag is. Tag division on, Raw. on WWE programming. Is From so much better. Raw to SmackDown yeah. to NXT is the best it's been probably and, well, since '99. Yes, '98. Right, yes. We're, and we're only two to three years removed from saying it was as bad as it has ever been. Right, Correct. you know what I mean? Like it's remarkable how much better it is at this point. This is the cool thing. Look, I, I, I we beat them up a lot, but like you can hear the excitement in all of our voices mm-hmm. about this. They have done a very good job. And this is reminds me of what the excitement was around Battleground. This is why if you only this is why I like only doing it once a year. 
keep it so that when when it happens, it feels fresh. You do realize it hasn't been a year since I, they did right, that. and that's what I'm saying. But I'm but okay with it. The if, if what, what the scenario that we discussed, if what they're saying is okay, we did it at this time last year, but we now accept we want WrestleMania to be the calendar date. We want to make this work around WrestleMania, so this is what we're going to do. I'm fine with that as long as they keep it to that. If they do it too often, it won't feel special. It'll just sort of feel like moving the deck chairs for the sake of moving the deck chairs. This feels special. It feels like there's something really, truly happening, and that's what we want. We want it to feel big. We want to feel like there's a million opportunities that didn't exist a week ago. We're all in on those things, and I think that's the reason why all of this How works. quickly did your pants come off when Bray Wyatt showed up on the screen and Finn Balor was in the ring? Dude, it was incredible. That it was incredible. That, that feud has me very excited. I am a li- like if there's one thing I'm concerned well with one person I'm concerned about is that you moved Bray Wyatt it seemed like there were you know they had he had stuff to do still on SmackDown he didn't necessarily need to move you moved him away from the family and you're presumably going to have Randy Orton beat him in a match that he created but specifically. But in fairness, to... what was the family at this point? Well, it was at I mean, least Eric just, Rowan. There's... But uh, Bray, Bray, Bray has floundered without a family before. We've seen that. I'm I'm a little concerned there. Is, there. is there anything that says Eric Rowan didn't come with Bray? Yeah, he was on SmackDown. I mean, he was. That's true. But I w- I would give twofold. One, you know, Braun Strowman's on Raw, and I there's some history I, I feel there. Like Bray, go- was on, Bray was on SmackDown too. He was on SmackDown too, right? And there's the question of what happens to the championship match, right? We don't know what's going to happen there. So there's that's up in the air. I I still think. The family at this point is more awkward than anything else. The 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 the, I just, the stuff with Randy Orton didn't work. We've said that a million times. Luke I Harper. Hate say, I hate when you say that. It worked for nine months and or six months, and it it just kind of fell fell flat for a month. And you're like, oh, it didn't work. Okay, I, it, that left a really bad taste in my mouth because that was led us to WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna feel that way. You're right though. For a while it worked, and that's fine. I think you can create something else with Bray Wyatt again if he's the leader of if he is the eater of worlds. Shouldn't he be able to go start a new family somewhere? Shouldn't he be able to go find more followers if he goes to another show? Yeah. If he was able to get oh, Randy. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. If, if, as long as they go that route and they do that work, we've seen them, you know, back when, – when did they first break up the family, right? End of 2015, around there? Somewhere around there, yeah. You know, they tried to have him do the singles thing. And, it, it, you know, just the gimmick. He's a cult leader. He has to have a cult. He has to have followers. Right, but I think that it's a good idea for a cult leader to say, hey, th- these people are no longer following my message, but somebody else might. And for somebody else on Raw, that might be what they need. Um, it, AJ's I, not wrong. Randy Orton had way more life as part of the Wyatt family than he had last summer. Hell, he had way more life as part of the Wyatt family than he has at the moment, because at the moment we just can't figure yep. out what the fuck he is. Yep. Um, so he's right about that part. It could be a huge benefit to someone on Raw to have the opportunity to become a part of the family. I just and maybe I, that someone is Finn Balor. It would be pretty captivating. It'd be interesting. I It'd mean, be pretty captivating. He's already a demon, you know. I mean, like, there's something there. Finn Balor, his sister Abigail, all this time. <laughs> all right. Uh, when we come back in, there's some stuff going on away from the cameras. I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, and I guess now, what oh, do we... before we before we get off of this superstar shakeup, okay. We talked about Rusev being probably the biggest one. But you know what the actual biggest one was? Uh, Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Charlotte. Char- of course. That is so, like, that is going to be fantastic, fantastic to see how Charlotte works 
with Becky, with Naomi, with uh, everybody else on the women's roster, including like is Charlotte. Charlotte could very well be a face. Like we don't know how she's going to work on there. I'd almost be stunned if she wasn't. I think that, that's what I'm saying because the way the woo like yes. literally she like she comes out and the place lights up. I think her first feud's probably going to be with Tamina and that if it is then that's how they establish her as a face. Hmm. Hmm. I think I'm I wouldn't my guess is they wouldn't immediately go into that. I it's feel like awkward it, only because Tamina I, I, I think I think that they go into with Tamina because Tamina is going to be building like when I think the way that's gonna play out is you're gonna have Tamina going to her former friend Naomi and be like, Look, I'm back, I want a title shot, blah 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 and then for some reason or not, Naomi's not gonna give it to her, blah 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 blah. Or maybe she does, it doesn't really matter either way. But the that's how you sow the seeds that there's a connection from Naomi and Tamina and then you have Charlotte go over on Tamina and then you work her into the title picture. I got no beef with that. I got to be a lot it. of faith into, you know, catapulting Tamina into that when she hasn't been on TV. I and... hear you, but she's, she has the look. She yeah, looks oh, like she, a bad. She, she always she has. She is the SmackDown Nia Jax. She, she should be. And she should have been for seven years now. And she has, and you're right. And this SmackDown writing and this brand and, has And she's one ambulance flipping over from being right. that person. Can, can we talk about the ambulance flipping over? I wanted to leave the second segment. Okay, okay, you want, you want, okay, we'll do that. That's what I wanted to do. All right. Anything else superstar shakeup that we need to get off our, off our, interesting, they did bring up, we talked about whether or not they'd be more from NXT, they did bring up, um, Elias Samson, obviously, which I, I love, I'm so all in on well, Elias did, Samson did right now. Did you notice that he came, he was up here twice on Raw. Yes, he, he, he wandered through, through the crowd, that was, yeah. that was wonderful. I love it, I love it, I think it's great. Um, but, but still nothing with DIY. My guess is DIY, at least for the time being, you know, stays to feud with Authors of Pain for a little bit, and then you go from there. Okay. Well, they, I mean, DIY was not on any of the NXT tapings. So, well, okay, there is that answer. <laughs> there is that answer. So, so interesting to see what. Yeah, I mean, unless they're just going to be off NXT for three weeks. And then they're, they're going to be at the next. At or the may, next. maybe they show up on a backstage segment. Obviously, you don't get to see some of the. Yeah, you know, true. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Uh, when we come back in, we will address the absurdity of Monday night and we'll talk about uh, some of the stuff going on uh, behind the scenes when it comes to WWE. I am Glenn. He is Aaron and he's. The main event. AJ Francis, the Washington Redskins. This is Jobbing Out. Now through May 31st, Full Circle Tyrant Auto is running a special to support the Joppa Town Lions achieve their dreams of helping the community receive free eye exams for people ages six months and up. Full Circle Tyrant Auto is giving away free brake pads with all brake repairs. Again, you only pay the labor and 10% of all repairs will be donated. A set of four new tires means $30 donated to the Joppa Town Lions to help them achieve their dreams. That's at Full Circle Tire and Auto, 1304 Governor's Court, Unit 110 in Abingdon. You can give them a call, 410-676-CARS. That's 410-676-2277. Or find them on Facebook by searching Full Circle Tire and Auto. It's where I take my vehicle when I need repairs. Full Circle Tire and Auto, give them a call today. Our children's futures start at a very young age, and Catholic schools prepare them for that future. Academic excellence with the belief that all students will succeed. A balanced curriculum, integrating music and arts, foreign language and Catholic faith, while challenging students in the areas of science, math, and technology. 
Discover the Catholic school's difference. Please visit archbalt.org slash schools. That's A-R-C-H-B-A-L-T dot org slash schools for more information. The new edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Steve Jones looks at the life and legacy of Maryland native Keon Carpenter, the late former NFL safety whose philanthropic mission continues thanks to other area athletes. Also in the issue, a 15th anniversary celebration of Maryland's national championship basketball team. PressBox is available for free at over 500 locations in the area, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also read the entire edition and see the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Orioles, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Hey, this is Stan the Fan, the old wily veteran of Baltimore baseball talk. While my fastball might not sit at 95 miles per hour anymore, we'll get by talking baseball just the same every Saturday morning from 10 to 12. Craig Heist will be co-hosting most weeks, and together, our baseball Rolodexes will provide you, the listeners, with some compelling talk about the national pastime, the teams you like to root for, and all the machinations going on within the 2017 baseball season. That's the Battle Round, every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Listen here or see us on Facebook Live. 44 Boss. Shout out my forefathers. They the ones that work for farmers for not a penny and got forgotten. And now my bank got four commas. Okay, I lie, but I'm not forcing it. I'm fortunate. These fortunes is simply unforgettable, unfuckwittable. Back in here on segment number two, it is Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, and of course... The main event. What was that song that brought us back for this segment, AJ? What was that? It was a song, I believe, by a new rapper. His name's uh, uh, Frank, I believe is his name. Uh, yeah, Frank. You know what I'm saying? I got an album coming out this summer slash maybe early fall. Um, but, yeah, you know, I'm about to go. After we're done here today, I'm going straight to the studio working on it. Um, I got a single coming out next week on iTunes called European. I've uh, heard it. It's it's gonna be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. I mean, yeah. I'm, I mean, I always music's always been a passion of mine. I listen to music constantly. Like, um, if you ask Tots, um, my lovely, I I really think that she would admit that maybe eighty percent of my day I have music on. Like, if I'm not in the car, <laughs> I have music on. Like, in the shower while I'm in the shower, while I'm just chilling around the house, like. Music's always been a huge passion of mine, and it's something that I've always felt that I was very talented at. Um, and you know, you know, I got a, I already got eight songs recorded for the album. I don't know how many of those eight songs are going to make the album. I still got other songs that I have written. Um, it's, I'm in the works of having, you know, I have Stitches, who is a rapper from Miami. He's on my album. I have a, a female. I, I, you know, I'm not going to. Put, put her name out there just in case that, uh, the, uh, the song doesn't work out. But, you know, she was on American Idol. Ooh. Uh, she's, she's gonna be on my, uh, hopefully on my album. Um, I got, you know, maybe I have Josh, I might have Josh Gordon on my album. So. Holy shit. Yeah, That's dude. What, random? I, 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 yeah. Wow. So it's like, it's, it's really coming together. Like, I, I, my intentions was for OTA to be a mixtape. Um, and like, I've already recorded enough for like, if I was going to do the mixtape, like I was going to, um, and then after about recording five or six original songs, cause I was going to have like six or seven original songs and then like songs where I just rap on other people's beats, um, and make like 10 or 11 songs for the mixtape and just call it the OTA, the mixtape. And I was just like, you know what? Like after recording like five or six songs, I was like, yo, these songs are dope. Like I really should 
make this album. So that's what I'm doing. You can go to my SoundCloud and listen to the songs I have on the non-original beats. Um, my rap name is Frank. It's F-R-A-N with the synth sign. Yep. Um, you know, Frank as in the French dollar because dollars make sense. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, we got big things coming around the way. OTA on the way. That's awesome, man. That is awesome. Very cool. And, uh, yeah, we got to hear some of it when we were down in Florida. And I wish I could tell you that it sucked. I wish I could tell you that, but I cannot. And that, that makes me so angry because I hate people that have skills. Um, I hate it so much. But, no, it's very, very good, and that is awesome. All right, so Monday night, every now and then you have a moment in professional wrestling that you know as you're watching it you're going to be referencing it for a long time to come. And Monday night gave us that moment as it was going to take a lot to get it, – it, I'm still – it's absurd how they used Braun Strowman for WrestleMania, and I'm not trying to give him a pass for it. But they knew they were going to have to do something to to fully get Braun back to the point where he needed to be, considering he was a non-factor with WrestleMania. Is do you think Roman is like is Roman going to do a movie, or are they just giving him time off? It, it might be it might be to get away from the Taker thing. Mm. Yeah, mm. Just, might, it, just let it breathe. Yeah, just, yeah. Just, just go away for a month, six weeks, something like that. Come back. We'll we'll have everything in place. Well, it was it was something as it was one of the more amazing. Look, the Shane AJ thing was good, um, but as far as backstage, you know, beatdowns go, this was to a different level, and obviously, this was the best backstage segment where the the point was to get somebody out for a while since Austin got hit with the car. I mean, it was, you know, we're talking about the internet age here. It's one of the most gifable moments in recent history. You know, it's something you could just put on Twitter and everyone's like, oh, what are they doing over on wrestling right right now? Like, you couldn't do that. You know, someone gets thrown through a car, whatever. The absurdity of having Braun Strowman flip over. Look, everything leading up to that was great. If they had never done the auto, the ambulance flip, they would have accomplished everything they needed to accomplish. You don't like the ambulance flip? No, no I'm, I love no, it. No, 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 he's saying everything was good before. It's just the ambulance flip. I'm saying flip. they didn't even have to. Yeah. Like, this is how good the segment, the, yeah. the segment was already great. I love the little cutaway, like, oh, we lost signal for a second. Right. To, to get... But that's still totally Roman's body on the gurney. Don't worry. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, it's definitely well, him. Yeah, and, yeah. By the way, and if you're complaining that oh, you know, they they use something to help lift, shut up. It doesn't matter if they help if they use something to help lift the ambulance. That was one of the coolest. Of course, moments. they use yes. something. An ambulance yes. weighs ten thousand pounds. Right. No, I'm sure Braun Strowman like, is just gonna shut up and just enjoy it. We saw got to see a guy lift an ambulance. Just and, shut up. The, the the notion that a wrestling fan look if you just don't like wrestling and so you want to complain about things, by all means, just go live in that world. But I saw wrestling fans complaining about, okay, well, this was too much. I'm like, this was too much? (laughs) I was so mad watching uh, 205 Live. The match between uh, this week, the match to the main event, if you haven't seen it, please go watch it. The main event is uh, TJ Perkins versus Jack Gallagher. The match is fantastic. Literally, TJ Perkins almost dies in the match. And I'm not being hyperbolic. I mean, he's probably three inches away from death in the match. It was an incredible match. But uh, during the match, people were saying, this is boring. Like, I was like, what? Like, why are you watching wrestling? 
Like, what is the point of you being here? I, I saw a lot of people complaining about the crowd during that. They, they were all on your side saying, like, what, I don't, what are you watching? I here? do not understand anything yeah. in the world. I don't understand <laughs> anything in the world. If you're a professional wrestling fan, you know that part of the reason why you watch wrestling is because it's absurd. Yeah. You want that. You want... Bro- My wife was... Coming down to the ring are in underwear, right. and, you're, yeah. and you're worried about how how crazy it was yeah. that Braun Strowman flipped. That's over. the point. That's great. That's what it's, we want. We want to see super strength. Here's here's the question. We all agree that this is one of the coolest things they've done in a while, right? Excellent. It is, was is that so a problem? Great. That, is that a problem that they're having Braun, who supposedly is a heel, doing one of the coolest things we've ever seen? Yeah, it's. I I saw you tweet something about that, and you're not wrong because it's. It is also being a dick. It, you're right. I mean, he's right too. You're, yes, like, I, I, but um, it's tough because if you think it's only cool, I mean, it is cool. But it's awesome. Know. What are you talking but about? If, but if he did that to Sami Zayn, people wouldn't have been cheering. If he did if that, he, if he tipped an ambulance on Sami Zayn, I think people would have still been freaking out about it and thinking how cool it was. It, it was the image of him lifting no, I'm an ambulance. About the whole beatdown, like from the beginning. To right, well, I, I, but I, I'm talking specifically about the ambulance right. thing. Here. I think the point that we're trying to make, and this is where AJ's right, is what he did was still a heel thing. To yeah. Do. Oh no, That's I'm, I'm not heel. saying I'm not saying it's he, not a heel again, thing. It's definitely in, a heel in, moment. In 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 kayfabe world, yes. he. Flipped a fucking ambulance I know. over with a with man a inside. inside. Yes, I mean yes. like in cave. Oh no, no, this this, this wasn't a. This isn't a. Is he a heel? Is he a face? But what thing? you're saying is it's not. It's difficult because it looked amazing. And, and, and I'm sure, like if I'm the crowd, right. I'm going, oh my god, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yay, Braun, do that more. I mean, <laughs> I hear you. I look. I think ultimately they might want Braun to be a face. I don't know. Right. I don't know. And if. If they think that this is going to end with them just bringing Roman back in a month and reinserting him and he's become a sympathetic figure now, that's that won't be the case. I mean, that it can't I be mean, that it easy. Would, it would be the case for literally everyone else. Correct. I'm not saying that it wouldn't be, but not for Roman. That's just the way it is. Like, if they, if they think that writing him off TV for four weeks is going to make him suddenly become a face when he returns or make somebody – make people start cheering him again – they're wrong. That's not going to work. Um, it just won't. Now, right or wrong, and I understand what you're saying, AJ, we're just dealing with the reality of the situation. It won't. People will still cheer for the man that flipped his, his ambulance over. That'll be the way that that the guy goes. Threw him all, while, while strapped to a gurney, threw him off of a loading dock yeah. onto a cement floor. Yeah, yeah, they'll still cheer for that guy. Yeah. By the way, they needed to mute the crowd during that segment because that got all sorts of awkward. When they yeah, were like, I mean, it was definitely <laughs> uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable that you were... It, it, you know, it's funny because you referenced Died Rocky Die a few weeks ago and it sort of felt like that. You know what I mean? It sort of felt like that a little bit with Roman Reigns. Um... I, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I guess that's something you have to worry about when you worry about it. In the meantime, I think oh, it was amazing. It it, it was wonderful. It was, it was so, so great, and it was like each part was great. Like the beginning part where he just beat the shit out of him, I was like, damn, he really messed my man Roman up. Like right. that's really bad. Like I really feel bad for my homie Roman. Like this is a bad situation for him. He's getting his ass whooped. Then they come back from commercial, and he. He's on a gurney and he throws the man off the loading dock. I'm like, Jesus Christ, they're trying to kill Roman. <laughs> like, Roman, Roman's dead. Like, in kayfabe, Roman's literally dead at this point. So then I'm like, oh, God, man. Poor Roman. Like, he's going to be gone for a while. He, they're showing him in the gurney. I'm like, oh, okay, you know what I'm saying? 
At least he's going to get to go to the hospital, get some very much needed medical help. Oh, my <laughs> this God. This guy, Braun, throws everyone out the way and flips the ambulance with Roman still inside. That's amazing. Like, oh. Should, should they have had Roman be, be the second ambulance driver, too, and just turn to the back? Here we go, Roman. Man. <laughs> Man. Just keep doing that for, like... <laughs> It was it was super great. Um, I this is the type of thing where I'd like to know whose idea it was. I want to know who wrote because I, I it's so good that like there's a part of me that that wants it to be that, that it was Vince, right? Like, right. Because I've been I think everybody's so down on Vince that like if he came up with that, I want to give him props for it. You know what I mean? I it it was fucking <laughs> flipping the like. At, at what point in like how do you think that meeting goes? Let's have him flip an ambulance. Well, the people in the room are like, how in the, f- what? Like, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, not just listen to me. Listen to me. I think I got something here. God. We'll have something on the other side pulling it. God. And we'll just have him lifting and push the ambulance over. Oh, it's so brilliant. It's now, here's so. The, the only issue with this is, is that Braun can now, even against Brock Lesnar, he can never lose again. Yeah, it does make it really tough. If you can flip over an ambulance, right. you should probably be able to kick out of just about everything on the planet. You, you definitely can't have any trouble lifting anything ever have again. Have you thought at all about a long-term rivalry between Braun and the ambulance? Have you considered that? that I mean, the, we, all, we all know this is going towards an ambulance match with Braun right, and Braun. Right, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. And by the way, that's not a bad thing. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah. That's that's professional wrestling, dog. Like yeah. that's the way it's supposed to work. Right. Like you're supposed to have a moment like this that leads to something like that, and you all say, "Oh yeah, that actually makes sense. Let's do that." Like, God damn it, I, I'm not. I don't know that I've been this positive about WWE programming. I don't know that I've come on here and complained so little in this in a show in forever, pretty in, much in my entire life. I am so happy with how this week has gone. I am so. I'm childlike in my in my happiness right now. I, I told you this, Glenn, before the show. I, this morning I get a uh, a PR thing from this uh, EMT. It, it starts with, as I'm sure you are aware, Braun Strowman attacked Roman Reigns, leaving with broken ribs and internal injuries, but the medic team was there and was able to get Roman Reigns <laughs> safely. Do you want to talk to anyone who was part we of that medical We should have booked them for the show, by the way. We should have booked one of them for the show. I would have liked that, actually. Maybe next week. It was in kayfabe. I mean, that, that would have been important. If they were going to try to tell me about actual medical issues, then I probably would have passed. But if they wanted to do it in kayfabe, if they wanted to talk about how difficult it was going... Well, you know, when you, when a man gets thrown in an ambulance down, we, we, we've dealt with English was flipping before, but never quite one like this before. Uh, what you guys don't realize is how how hard it was to get all the needles that fell into Roman out of him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, we're so stupid. Why did we not book this? I saw it as I got here, but next uh, week. Uh, I don't know. Once, once the ambulance flips over, all the medical supplies on that side. <laughs> Could you imagine so. if, if we just seriously said like it's it's like some guy named Ron? Like, so Ron, what would you recommend if you're out with one of your friends and they suddenly flip an ambulance over? What would you say to that person? How should they go about handling that? So How much does the WWE owe the uh, EMTs in part of broken, <laughs> uh, broken medical supplies? Oh, oh, so wonderful. All right, now we go from wonderful to not as wonderful, sadly. Um, the other big story that sort of surrounds the WWE this week, and, and it's still developing and we're still learning more, but moreover, Nalo, of course, has been off TV for a while, and all we had been told is that it was, first it was, it was a snowstorm, then it was he was sick, then it came out that it was related to his mental health. 
And Morrowind has been very open about his mental health issues in the past. And I think that all of us, like every reasonable human being on the face of the planet at this point, recognize that mental health issues are actual health issues, right? Like, I don't think that any of us are sitting here trying to have that conversation. Um, now, in in concert with some things that came out, uh, we, of course, had Justin Roberts on last week. And I said then I hadn't been able to get through the entire book because the book is very lengthy. It's a very long book. But in concert with that um, and then some things that came out related to Jonathan Coachman this week, there is a, a major conversation being had about uh, bullying. And it centers around JBL and it centers around Morrow. And unfortunately, I don't think this is a black and white issue that we can have a hot take about. I, I think it. It's it's far more nuanced than that. I think there's far there's far more conversation involving what's going on. Um, AJ, I think you are. Uh, you know, you said you told us something really interesting a couple weeks ago <clears throat> when you were talking about the locker room, and you said uh, in football there's a couple rules about the locker room. You don't. Uh, what, what are the three things you don't talk about in the locker room? You don't talk about money. You don't talk about wives, and you don't talk about playing time. Right. Those are the rules. And and from there, everything else is on the table, correct? Everything else is on the table. And there are, don't get it wrong, there are guys that still talk about that, but everyone knows that they're an asshole when they do it. Okay. All right. Interesting. So, so, but the, I would also like to point out, I was in Miami doing that whole bullying scam. That's a good point. Down there. And I will be the first one to tell you that that was bullshit. Um I don't know. I don't know the particulars of the Moro Ronaldo case. I can't comment on that. JBL had passed that we all know about him getting in trouble with bullying issues with other people. But at the same time, you can't always take everything at face value because the media made it seem like Richie Incognito was the asshole when realistically Jonathan Martin was the asshole because he threw his best friend under the bus just because he didn't want to play right tackle and was getting beat out for a position. Like that's the the real story behind that, and I could, if you guys want, I can tell you the real story behind it right now. Um, or, we, or we could talk about. Rest I, I mean, I don't think it can hurt if you. I was going to say, yeah, yeah I mean, why, right? why like, not hear this? So, Jonathan Martin was starting left tackle as a second round pick for the Dolphins, and he wasn't playing very well, so they moved him to right tackle. Once they drafted Brian, I mean, uh, traded for Brian McKinney. Now, he didn't play very well as a right tackle either. So what ended up happening was the one day after he played very well, the O-line played a joke on uh, Jonathan Martin, the same joke that Jonathan Martin has played on numerous people, the same joke that the O-line has played on numerous people, um, where the last one to the table sits down with their food and everyone else gets up and moves to the table. Well, that happens. Jonathan Martin gets mad because he's, pissed off about his playing situation and throws his spaghetti into the wall like he's lost his marbles for no apparent reason because he's played that joke on me he's played that joke on other people on the team and i when it happened to me i thought it was a funny joke because i did it in college too and i've done it with joey v and ganella and a bunch of other guys it's a funny thing to do so i being the respectable adult in the situation, when it happened to me, laughed and said, oh, you guys are funny. I didn't throw my dinner into the wall and make someone who clean it up after I storm out of the facility because I'm mad. What happens is he doesn't come back the next day. He doesn't come back for a couple of days. And then the story breaks that he's he's upset because he's being bullied. He throws his buddy 
who's one of his best friends on the team, under the bus, Richie Incognito, when all the – if you read the text messages, all of that stuff that he said when he's calling him an asshole and he's calling him a bitch and all that, that's how I talk to my I, – I call – we call Aaron an asshole on the show every single well, Now, but week. in fairness, we have fact on our side. You just have to keep that in mind is that we have known fact also on, on with us. Exactly. But, but that's what I'm saying. Like – the text messages come out and they can look one way, but that's not how the situation's really seen. I've been to the the strip clubs that Jonathan Martin and Richie Incognito were at at the same time, where they're there having a great time. Nobody's forcing Jonathan Martin to be there. I've been to the nightclubs for Pouncey's birthday party when Jonathan Martin's there and Richie's there and everybody's having a great time and nobody's forcing Rich, uh, Jonathan Martin to be there. When they all went on the trip and Jonathan Martin had to pay for that, well, he wasn't the only person that had to pay for That's a rule. Like, if you don't go on a trip, your fine money still goes to the trip. If you go on the trip, you get to use it. If you don't, you don't. The D-line had a trip, and there was guys that didn't go on the trip, and they didn't get their money back. The O-line went on the trip before, and Jonathan Martin wasn't the only guy that didn't get his money back. That's how the trip for the team at the end of the season works. All your fine money from OTAs, from training camp, from the regular season, season gets put into a pot and everybody decides to use it the d-line we went to cartagena the o-line they went to uh, uh the dominican republic and vegas like that's what they do but instead he used an opportunity where the fact that he has two parents that are both lawyers and found a way to make a quick buck and anyone who was involved in the story you asked mike pouncey and richie incognito they won't be able to tell you they're public enemy number one with the situation. But if you ask anyone else that was in the locker room during that time, they will tell you exactly everything I already said. And that's why I truly don't have any respect for Jonathan Martin. I, and I never will because he sold out his best friend on the team. And he went out of his way to get the O-line coach fired and one of the guys in the training staff fired. And those guys got blacklisted and can't even continue their careers all because Jonathan Martin wanted to make a quick buck off a lawsuit because nobody had ever went about talking about bullying in the NFL. When in realistic terms, nobody, like he didn't get bullied more than anyone. Like he didn't get bullied at all. Everything he did, he did of his own uh, will. Like, and he sold out his best friend. Right. So there's so much there. God, there's so much there. Uh, boy, we could have done a six-hour show about this. And this is why I wanted to bring it up. Because, right. Like, we do have a, you know, a different opinion, you know, a well, different perspective than well, a lot of people. So, so let's, let's touch on a couple of things that you just said, AJ. One, I, I think it's important to say that whatever happened in Miami is we don't know what's happened in other circumstances, right? right. Like we, we have the responsibility right. to say that. We have yes. to say that. Correct. And like I said from the beginning, just because that's the story of in Miami doesn't mean that's the story with right. Morrow and JP. Right. right. Correct. Correct. Um, I think the other, if, if I'm, if I'm representing the other side, right? If, if somebody had an opinion, if you presented everything that you just said, somebody's opinion back would be, okay, so you're saying the bullying was no worse for him than it was for anybody else, but they, you know, I don't think bullying should exist at all, right? Like, I don't think it should just be that you don't, it's no worse for you that, that nobody should be targeted. There should be no hazing. There should be no anything like that, that you should just be allowed to, to do things the way that you do them. Yeah, I feel you, but at the same time, I got my eyebrows bleached blonde, and yeah, I sucked in pictures for a month. Right. But I didn't cry like a punk because something bad happened to me. I, because everything happens to everyone. That's that's part of being in the NFL is paying your dues. I hear that's you. Part of the league. I hear you. I think I think there would be a person that would say back, "There's a you know, there's a difference between having your eyebrows bleached, you know, without your permission, than there is in say." 
carrying somebody's equipment off the field, right? right? Like I, I did that too. Right. And I, what I'm saying is I think that, that there would be a general agreement between people that like one is more initiation or more team bonding and the other is more malicious, malicious and cruel, right? Like I think that they, and I'm not telling you that's the way I feel. I don't, I don't look, we've all been part of teams. Like we've all done. And yeah, I, and, and my response to that would be, you're right. There are people that feel that way. There, there's people that boo Roman Reigns for no reason. Ding, 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 ding. I mean, it's always a way. He's amazing, isn't he? There's always but, a way to get it back. It's like, unbelievable. Speaking as a person who went through it, I kind of like when it happened to me. I didn't see it that way. I thought it was kind of cool. Like I don't know if cool is the right term, but it was like right. You wanted to be. A, you were a part of the team. Yeah, I'm, I yeah. felt like I actually belonged in the NFL because these are the same things that got these guys. They all had it worse than I did. Right. Like yeah. Paul Solei and Randy Starks, when they would tell me the stories of stuff they had to do as rookies, I was thanking God that they were my vets and they weren't doing the stuff that they had to do. No, I hear you. I hear you. And again, I don't. I I have said before, I don't know that there's a simple answer to this issue, right? Because. To some extent, in the same way that we're all going to pick on our little brother or the way that we're all going to pick on, you know, Aaron because he's an asshole. Like, I mean, that's just the way that it's right. going to go. Th- there's going to be some element of this that exists. Right. And I, like, for example, in my own family, if, if we're not mean to each other, we genuinely don't know if we care. You know what I mean? Like, we, my, my, it's a strange thing where like my cousins and I have to just be, be brutal to each other. We have to say, in order for us then to understand that we even love the other, you know, like right. it's just a weird thing. AJ literally beats the shit out of me every time he sees me. He just Correct. looks for another opportunity to beat the ever-loving crap out of me. But for me, it's the understanding of, I don't think that AJ would just do that for the sake of doing it. It's because we're buddies. It's because I don't know. He might do it. All right, fair enough. He does do it to strangers at, at uh, WrestleMania too yes. every year. But they ask for it. That is different. They ask yeah. for it. He does it to me without me asking for it. Um, and 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 I under I, like it's a weird thing for me because I can sort of see both sides, right? Like I can sort of get that what works for me doesn't work for everyone. What works for you doesn't work for everyone. What works for and I don't know what the answer is. I don't. Uh, clearly, at this point, the WWE doesn't think it's that big of a concern because JBL's still on Correct. TV. He's still employed. And given the sensitivity towards bullying, they have a campaign that's anti-bullying. I would think that if they genuinely believed that, that JBL's, you know, whatever he was doing was beyond the pale, right. then he would already be gone because they have a reputation to uphold as a company. But... I don't think this is a black and white issue. I don't think this is a one size fits all. I think it's, it's so easy for us to be able to sit back and say, um, for example, if you're the White House spokesperson, you shouldn't reference Hitler. If you're, yep. if you're, if you're Pepsi, you shouldn't make a commercial where you try to, uh, minimalize, you know, the protests and Black Lives Matter. It, it, like those types of things. It's, I don't know that this is easy because I don't think you can, bullying hazing whatever you want to call it i don't think that can disappear i don't think bullying is only allowed on united airlines right and then (laughs) in that in which case it's it's all alley oxen free do whatever you want it's it's totally it's totally fine first thing about united airlines we don't talk about united (laughs) that is the rule that's the way it goes i i don't i wish i had a better answer for this and part of it is we still don't know all the look if if there is something i think we all figured out a few years ago that that if you were an athletic team 
that it, like these high school girls lacrosse teams that were forcing girls to like put fecal matter in their hair. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. you can't do that. Right. Is there? We, there's got to be a line between what is legitimate team building, what is legitimate, right. and 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 for some people, and I know this is tough to say, but I do believe that for some people, their own they, they can't be a part of that that thing. It's just, right. and that's on them. That's not on the rest of the people because of their sensitivities. And this is not me knocking those people. Right. That it's going to be difficult for certain people to be around groups in general because of their own. You know, emotional build. Right. They're just not meant to be a part of that type of, of, of situation. Environment. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I don't know. And I like Moro. He's a goddamn great broadcaster. Yeah. It, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, yeah. that's the biggest, that's one of the biggest takeaways is like, this is a net huge loss for WWE. Yeah. Cause, cause they had found a guy who finally, once again, made matches sound important whenever he was on the mic. This was, the closest thing, and I don't want to say Jr. because Jr. is at a you know right. at another level. But this is the but he's the, he's the first guy to make a match sound more important because he was on the mic since, since JR. JR. Yes, yes, correct, correct. And that's that's what sucks about this. And I, I I don't know if it's more Moro, if it's more JBL. What the bigger problem it's, it's is? It's probably a combination of both. Quite Look, frankly, some it, of the stories that we hear, dude. If you AJ, what did you say would have been the situation if uh, the thing on United happened to you? You said on Twitter you would have you would have been throwing both. Somebody, right? yeah, somebody would have got their ass one. Okay. I'd have probably been dead if somebody right. If, if, but, but, but if a guy's a because I would have definitely fought back. You know, if it, but in this case, you know, especially you know the thing with JBL, and I'm not saying that's what Moro should have done. Yeah, what I'm saying it, is, I think that some of this stuff really sucks, yeah. and we all know is not okay. And so, if I'm telling you, if you left me in Europe like the way that what happened, Justin, Justin Roberts, Roberts yeah. because you stole my passport, motherfucker, you're there's gonna be problems. But there's gonna be problems. Yeah, but again, but when you're Justin, when you're you my better, size you and you're going up, up against JBL, you like what are you doing? Up the raw on Monday, you better be ready to square up. Right. Definitely. Obviously, it's but, gonna, but Justin right. Justin Roberts is not square up with JBL. Right. I, I don't know let's, I don't know what the clear. answer is, yeah. but it's not going to be as simple as Glenn just saying, "Oh ha ha, that was hilarious" right. because that fucking sucked. You know, and and, and you go through it and since this has come out, if I was Justin Roberts, I probably would have just burned all his gear. Just lit it on fire. But then, uh, you know, somebody would say back then he runs the risk of it. They'll just fire him because JBL is more important. Yeah, JBL is more important. JBL, you know, it seems like, and and here's the big thing, is that it seems with all of these stories over the year, like this this isn't a one-time thing now just popping up with JBL. We've been hearing it for years and years. We've been hearing guys quit because of the, you know, supposed abuse that they suffered from JBL. You know, several guys have said that straight up, that I would still be in WWE right now if I didn't have to deal with JBL making my life a living hell every single day. Um, you know, it's about the wrestling culture as well. I mean, this is not a new thing in wrestling. It's not a new thing in sports. It's, it's not, not a new, new thing, thing with, any- with, with human beings. Right. And so it's not related, it's not even unique to dudes, as we found out during right. the height of the hazing culture. Right. When, when the Girls are so female teams yeah. were, it was insane what they were doing. Right. Um, but it, it is something that, you know, especially when Vince McMahon seems to be involved in so many of these stories that they need to, I, I think they do need to figure out to, what to do something. What that is, I don't know. And maybe the answer just is, we're, we're going to decide right here and now that we're not going to acknowledge, acknowledge what people are saying. You know, we're going to say, this is fine. Right. But I think that they do need to, something needs to happen there's here. There's a lot right? out there. Right? Yeah. There's, there's, there, there's just there. so much out there at this point. You know, fuck, Miz cut a five minute promo on WWE television about how he was basically hazed to the verge of almost quitting, 
you know, when he first started right. by JBL. Like when that's, that's well, there's literally a lot of stuff out there about Randy Orton. Right. I mean, and and, and Randy, not... I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not focusing. JBL yeah. just seems to always be, right. he, you know, he's, he's the locker room cop. Like if, if Undertaker is the, the conscience of WWE, kind of the enforcer of w, the WWE locker room has been JBL. He's the guy who will beat the shit. You know, him and Bob Holly were the guys when you first came up, you'd get put in a match with them and they'd literally beat the shit out of you to see if you're made of anything. They're the guys who you would haze, you know, and they would try to, and in, and in a lot of ways, it is. They are trying to weed out the guys who belong here and who don't. You know, whether or not that should, that mentality yeah, should exist. The... But that, that's the thing. Whether that should, mentality should exist or not, that's the old school. That's one of the, what yeah. this stems from is that wrestling is a fraternity. It's a brotherhood. You, you have to earn your way here. And if you can't handle this, you don't belong here. And that, that's the mentality that usually happens. And that's what JBL has said straight up in interviews before. But, but also at the same time, JBL, did he ever try that shit with Brock Lesnar? Oh God! There's no chance. Well, of and, that. and but that—that's the thing—is—is is he does seem to pick on you know guys, guys who are smaller than him, right? That's kind of my, and that's the difference. Like to me, the whole Richie Incognito, Jonathan Martin thing, like they're grown men, yeah, same, the same size, same right? Stature, and they're friends. That was the difference, right? JBL is only picking on dudes that he know he can beat in the fight. That kind of makes him a bitch to me. Yeah, like, I hear you. Yep. If you if you're willing to pick on Justin Roberts, but you wouldn't do the same thing to Brock Lesnar, you're a bitch. But again, like, we don't know that either, right? Like we don't know that. I mean, it, it, it does seem like we we look at the people who are who are coming up here. It is Justin Roberts. It is Morrow. It is uh, the Hardys is list are listed here as something they've said before. Uh, we Miz, got referees, the Miz, Coachman. Yeah, that that kind of makes me think that JBL's a bully and he's a little bitch because he wouldn't do that shit to me. And he wouldn't do that shit to Brock Lesnar. And I bet you he ain't did that shit to Braun Strowman. Yeah, probably not. Probably not the case. I, I hear you. I hear you. It's not. Look, the WWE's got to deal with it because it's out there. There's too much of it out there. They can't ignore it at this point. But do they just deal with it internally and say, we dealt with it? Or do they choose and they need to make a statement because of their persona related to bullying? And that's that's what's interesting to be, to be found out here. All right. We'll grab a break. When we come back in, John Robinson, he's the author of the new book about NXT. I'm telling you, it's very good. It's called The Future Is Now. NXT The Future is now. We'll talk to John Robinson next. I'm Glenn. He's Aaron, and he's... The main event. AJ Francis, this is Jobbing Out. Our children's futures start at a very young age, and Catholic schools prepare them for that future. Academic excellence with the belief that all students will succeed. A balanced curriculum integrating music and arts, foreign language and Catholic faith, while challenging students in the areas of science, math, and technology. Discover the Catholic school's difference. Please visit archbalt.org slash schools. That's A-R-C-H-B-A-L-T dot org slash schools for more information. Hey, KZ here, Pressbox Fantasy and Reality Football Show with Sarita, the NFL chick. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I- I'm great. Every Sunday, 10 to noon, we talk about mostly football. Yes. We-, we talk about the college game. We talk about the NFL game. We will throw in... Sports, local sports, some Orioles, some Terps. If there's an important story around the country, we'll throw that in. But our heart, our soul, of course, is football. Baltimore sports. Baltimore sports. In general. Do a little bit D.C. we got to give them some love sometimes. Uh, I guess. 
Sundays, <laughs> Sundays, 10 to noon, Press Box Fantasy Reality Football Show. The new edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Steve Jones looks at the life and legacy of Maryland native Keon Carpenter, the late former NFL safety whose philanthropic mission continues thanks to other area athletes. Also in the issue, a 15th anniversary celebration of Maryland's national championship basketball team. Press Box is available for free at over 500 locations in the area, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also read the entire edition and see the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Orioles, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Hey, it's Nick Ashew. It's Tim Murray. And we're back now with PressBox Online every Tuesday. Game time with Tim and Nick. So, similar name. Very similar name. A lot of the same content. Oh, we'll change that content up, you know. We'll stay with the times, obviously. But we're still going to yell at each other. Oh, I'll push your buttons whenever we want. You always do. We're yeah. like an old married couple. Every Tuesday, subscribe to us on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud, PressBox Online, Game Time with Tim and Nick. Find Game Time under the podcast tab at PressBoxOnline.com or on iTunes and SoundCloud cloud. Now through May 31st, Full Circle Tyrant Auto is running a special to support the Joppatown Lions achieve their dreams of helping the community receive free eye exams for people ages six months and up. Full Circle Tyrant Auto is giving away free brake pads with all brake repairs. Again, you only pay the labor and 10% of all repairs will be donated. A set of four new tires means $30 donated to the Joppatown Lions to help them achieve their dreams. That's at Full Circle Tire and Auto, 1304 Governor's Court, Unit 110 in Abingdon. You can give them a call, 410-676-CARS. That's 410-676-2277. Or find them on Facebook by searching Full Circle Tire and Auto. It's where I take my vehicle when I need repairs. Full Circle Tire and Auto. Give them a call today. Back in here, it is segment number three of Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. AJ, unfortunately, not able to do this. This whole football thing is dumb. He's got to stop doing that so he can be part of everything that we do. Well, clearly he just needs to go in and become a rapper. That way he'll have <laughs> No doubt about that. So the book is called NXT, The Future Is Now. I've got it in my hands right now, and I will admit that I am only 216 pages in. I have not finished it yet. Um, but I have made it 12 chapters so far, which is remarkable for a guy like me. I was actually, I, I looked like the old woman at the gym the other day. I was sitting on the bike reading the NXT book, which I got a few looks. Joining us now is the author of uh, the book. He is John Robinson. You've seen his work at ESPN and a number of places. He joins us here on Jobbing Out. John, it's Glenn and Aaron. It's good to talk to you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Sorry to make you look bad at the gym. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's good that we're reading, and then more importantly, it's good that I have good material to read. I Look, I'm fascinated by this because I, I think that it's, it's so recent, obviously, the NXT phenomenon, that I, I'd love to know when you got the idea that you thought this would make for a good book, and like, what was the process for you to, to, to sort of get the ball rolling? Oh, man, it was back in, say, 2015. Um, I had finished a couple books for WWE. I wrote the Attitude Era book. I wrote the Ultimate Warrior, A Life Lived Forever. And uh, WWE basically asked me to pitch them ideas for a few. One of the ideas I came up with was, man, 
addicted to NXT. I love what you guys are doing. I would love to do some kind of uh, behind the scenes how this all came about. And they were like, hey, great idea. Come to Orlando. So I'm out in San Francisco. I flew to Orlando. I ended up spending a whole day with uh, Triple H. Uh, I shadowed him. I got to sit and talk to him for as long as I want about NXT. Uh, we went to the Performance Center. We went behind the scenes uh, before uh, an NXT taping. And they basically, everybody was there. And they're like, yeah, talk to whoever you want. So I basically sat there, talked to Bailey, Charlotte. It ended up just being that Cesaro happened to be there. Sami Zayn was there. Um and the people I wouldn't, I couldn't talk to for very long were like, hey, just give me a call. I'd love to help out with the book. And, uh, you know, it just kind of rolled on from there where, you know, the talent really went out of their way to, to give me as much material as possible. I mean, I spent a lot of time on the phone with Bray Wyatt. Um, and his story in the book is, is probably my favorite. Um, but, you know, everyone up and down the roster from Tyler Breeze, Apollo Crews, Finn Balor, spent a lot of time uh, telling their stories and telling, you know, how NXT came about and you know, his uh, Triple H, Paul Levesque, uh, for his vision and, you know, the future of the brand. You know, you, you said that you came up with this in 2015. You had been a big fan. But uh, what were, in, in the process of all this, what were some of the more surprising things? You had already been a fan, but obviously you dug up a lot of things that you may not have known. What was the most surprising thing you found? Uh, like I said, the Bray Wyatt story uh, really had me, you know, cracking up because he'd said, uh, you know, he, he had already been on the main roster as Husky Harris, and they sent him back down, and he had to reinvent himself. And they came up with this Bray Wyatt character in development, um, you know, with Dusty Rhodes. And uh, Dusty was like, hey, you know, if you're going to go for it, you have to completely go for this character. And through the process of coming up with this, one thing that was funny is uh, Bray Wyatt got called for jury duty. And Dusty said, hey, this is a great idea for you to live out the character. So Bray, in his Hawaiian shirt and you know <laughs> white pants and his hat, you know, fedora, went to jury duty and acted like Bray Wyatt at jury duty. That's amazing. Uh, I'd pay to see, uh, see how that turned out. Yeah, I'm sure he didn't get picked. They probably thought he was the psycho. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, that story is so emblematic, too. It, it, it's a cool one, and I thought that story as well as the Tyler Breeze story really stood out for me about what I thought was one of the overall themes of the book, which is the maybe not the control, but the the creative aspect that's given to the performers at NXT and how much of this really is on them. And now as we're in an era, and you refer to this, that that these guys are, are not just going to the main roster, but they're going to the main roster and main eventing, and they become the stars on WrestleMania, that, that where they started with, so much of this was their own ideas and and the own things that they put together that now have carried them to this point. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, everyone I talked to, they said that this day at NXT is actually like peer review, and where you'll come up with the character, and all your peers from NXT, all the coaches, they're sitting there, and you have to go out there and you have to, you know, cut a promo as your character and you have to, you know, show who this character could be. And, you know, they say the looks on your peers' faces tell it all. That sometimes you'll go out and, you know, it'll just click and everyone's like, oh, you finally got it. This is your character. And sometimes you'll go out and it's a disaster and it's like, all right, back to square one. You know, that's just not going to work. Hmm. 
You know, you, you mentioned Dusty before and how he uh, had the, helped with the idea for the Bray Wyatt character, and that's something that you hear a lot from the NXT guys, how big, how important Dusty was to it. Is this going to be something that years from now, we, we don't even fully grasp how important he was to uh, NXT right now? Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, when I was at the Performance Center, uh, you know, everyone who talked about it was like, oh, you can't bring in one person to replace Dusty. He was so much to so many people, and he was really like the you know father to all these kids that go out to NXT. They move to Orlando, uh, they're out on their own. A lot of them, you know, starting out, uh, not making that much money, and you know, through the good times, through the bad times, Dusty was there to kind of counsel them, uh, to show them the ropes, so to speak, and to you know, he was in charge of promo class, and you know, he I mean he was one of the best you know promo guys ever in the business. And, you know, to take away not only, like, his knowledge, but, you know, that father figure, uh, you know, it was a tragic loss for everybody. Uh, and, you know, everyone from, you know, Paula Vest to Bailey was saying how, yeah, it's it's not just one person who can replace them. You know, you, everyone has to work together to kind of deliver what he was giving to these, to these uh, performers. John Robinson is the author. The book is NXT, The Future Is Now. It's available right now. It is like the official book about NXT and how we've gotten to this point. Um, John, one of the things I found myself sort of licking my lips as I was reading and, and dying to know more, you referenced this insane tryout process that, that guys go through and gals go through when they go to NXT when they, they try to crack in. And there was one line where there was a reference, and I don't remember who said it, to to folks that have attempted to to go through the tryouts that haven't been able to make it. And I'm just, you know, being this type of guy wondering, do you know who, like, do you, did you get an idea of, like, of anybody that has gone through this process and, and it didn't work for them? Yeah, it's funny. So nobody would name names in particular, but they had said a lot of, like, you know, former professional athletes, they poor, former football players, uh, former, you know, soccer players in the U.K., you know, rugby guys would come over and they would go through the tryout and there would be people who drop out after, you know, day one, maybe didn't even make it through day one and be like, oh, my God, I can't believe I never knew it was this tough. Like, I have so much respect for you guys. Like, I'm sorry, this isn't for me. <laughs> so, like, they didn't, they, nobody called anyone. Nobody put, you know, any former star on blast, even though I was trying to get those names. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm dying to know. I am dying to know who it is that tried to go through the process. Like, there's the one really good story that you tell about somebody who who didn't like who who failed their own tryout, but then turned around and like uh, you know recommended somebody else to the WWE a couple years later. Yeah, no, exactly. So they said, you know, you never know where these names, where these performers will come from, and if yeah, uh, yeah, someone showed up was totally not the right fit. But then, you know, stayed in contact, um, you know, admitted they weren't the right fit, you know, stayed in the good graces of WWE and just sent an email later, hey, you know what, I think this person would be. And, you know, sent them and that person, you know, ended up, you know, uh, passing their tryout. So it, it shows a lot about the respect level uh, the performers have for each other and for the process and for the coaching staff, which, you know, bar none, the coaching staff is, is amazing at, at the performance center. And they keep adding on. I mean, now all of a sudden, Shawn Michaels is one of the coaches. Who wouldn't want to go get, you know, coached up from the HBK? 
You know, uh, you, you talk about what a big phenomenon NXT has become, and WWE has had developmental forever, whether it's OVW or FCW before NXT. What was it about NXT, besides even before it went on the network when it was just on Hulu, that really changed things? What was the one big thing that you feel that made NXT different from FCW and everything else to make it the phenomenon that it is? Uh, I think a lot of it actually has to do with the performance center in itself. Um, you know, Triple H talked about how, you know, when they were doing tours for before WrestleMania, uh, he went out to New York Giants uh, training facility. And he's like, wow, there's nothing in professional wrestling like this. You know, when people are training to, to become a wrestler, it's usually in some dingy gym with, you know, some broke down ring. Or, you know, you're lucky. Uh, it's funny because uh, on the side note, I just wrote the Pete Gas book as well. And Pete Gas talked about while he was training in Memphis, you know, the, when he showed up, there were like dead rats in the ring. And, you know, there was, it was an outdoor, uh, outdoor facility when it had been raining and there was, it was all wet and muddy and yeah, dead animals all over the place. And this is where you want to, you know, learn to take bumps. <laughs> it's such a, a drastic difference. So they opened up this multi-million dollar facility and what happened is that they built like a mini raw inside the facility. Like, so they have the ramp where you come down, they have the hard camera and they're training the performers so that when they go on TV, they know where everything is. So you're not just performing these moves, you're performing the moves to look the best that they can on television. So I think that is translated not only for the NXT program, but when they get to raw, when they get to SmackDown, uh, you know, it's not a deer in headlights anymore. It's not like, oh, my God, I was in, you know, Tampa and this one, you know, ring gym, and now all of a sudden, uh, what am I doing on SmackDown? I don't even know what a hard camera is. And uh, so now I think because of the performance center, because of the, the teaching that they're getting, uh, they're just they're going and they're becoming these stars instantly, and they, they already know what to do. So, John, before I ask this question, there's something you need to know about our show, um, which is that um, my my co-host here, Aaron, he's the worst. So you, you have oh, to know God. that about him. And God. and he's uh, Mr. Negative. He thinks that NXT is doomed. He thinks it can't survive. He, it's not exactly like that, but that's what we say about him. Um, but it, it goes back to a bigger theme that we talk about regularly on the show, and it's something that coming out of the book, I I, I, I sort of thought, I don't know, there was a little bit of everything on this side of the argument. And and the question is the sustainability of NXT long-term as a brand versus just being as a feeder system, right? And it's interesting, like the part of the book where you reference um, guys getting caught up and sometimes getting caught up in the middle of the storyline, right? That that NXT, what is it, Triple H uh, was, I thought one of the better lines in the entire book was when he was referencing the Kevin Owens-Finn Balor thing and, Kevin Owens gets caught up, and he's like, F, I had real plans here. You know, like we were doing something with this. So yeah. I, I guess the question is the sustainability of NXT as its own individual brand versus constantly feeding up, as we're seeing, I think, shorter time spans that guys are going from NXT to the main roster at this point, and, and how they're going to be able to continue to serve all masters. Yeah, that's a good question, because... I think right now, if they went to, you know, USA Network and said, hey, do you want to put on NXT on Wednesday nights? I would say USA jumps at that. But if you're WWE, I don't think they want that. You know, they keep talking about this is like the indie rock band uh, that you go see at a small club 
and that you love and that if you blow it up and you put it on, you know, a two-hour show weekly, that it becomes overexposed, and that's what they don't want. You know, it's kind of like, you know, I'm out here in San Francisco, and sometimes I'll go to minor league games, you know, that you go see the San Jose Giants, and you might love the guys at the San Jose Giants, but you love them even more when they go to the San Francisco Giants, and it is a feeder system, um, and that's what it is. And, uh, you know, that's what it was meant to be. I don't know. Like, it has become its own brand, but, you know, it's got to be a feeder system first. Uh, you know, it's not there to make money. Uh, it's almost like when they put it on the network, they did it as an experiment. They wanted to see, one, would people watch, and two, would the network crash if a lot of people watch? Uh, you know, they before they put on the WWE pay-per-views on the network, they, they put NXT on there. Um, so it's been this experimental brand that, you know, you can take chances with. And I think they needed to, to stay that way. You know, as someone who's seen the, the different eras of NXT, who's, who's really looked closely at it, we're, we're in this era now where, you know, the, the top stars are the guys who are coming from these indie backers, these more veterans, the, the Nakamura's, the Bobby Roods, the Eric Young's. It, is there eventually, do you feel, going to be almost a breaking point between the idea of we want to feature these I profile versus the need to get this develop, these developmental guys in there who need uh, some more work in front of the cameras. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, I think they bring the veterans in. It's a win-win for everyone, right? Like the veterans are getting exposure on NXT before they go to the WWE main brand, and they're they're building their fan base. At the same time, they're working with the younger wrestlers and helping them gain experience and helping them you know, grow their talent level. And it's not just about the work that they're doing in the ring on the show, but, you know, the, at the performance center as well. A lot of the veterans, you know, don't have to go. Like, I don't know if, uh, I don't think Bobby Roode is going to the performance center, but, uh, you know, I think there were a lot of guys who get sent down, like a Zack Ryder, per se. Like, they were saying Mojo Raleigh wasn't ready to be on his own. So they sent Zack Ryder down. You know, they weren't doing anything with Zach on the main show. So send him down, have him work with Mojo. Mojo gets that rub. And then, you know, as a tag team, Mojo could just come in for his two minutes, go crazy, and the crowd would erupt. But, you know, little by little, Mojo was gaining that experience, and Zach was really helping him along. And uh, then when they get to the main show, you see Mojo take more steps and uh, them taking more chances with him as, a, as an individual performer. Um but, yeah, I think uh, eventually you're going to see, you know, people, instead of starting out on the independents, maybe just trying out at NXT as, like, a, you know, 19, 20-year-old and taking, you know, two to three, four years to develop there and then hitting the shows and, and moving up. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. It's almost like, like I was saying, like the MLB or NFL draft where they'll take the young guys and kind of nurture them and take them under their wing. I mean, if you're a young performer, I'd rather go to the performance center where there's, you know, catering, uh, the gym right there with the top trainer in the world, uh, the top coaches in the world, and take my time there while getting paid instead of traveling the country and, uh, you know, working for $50 a show or whatever they're getting. Yeah. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if, you know, the young people who want to become wrestlers are able to start out at the performance center. 
Let me, let, and we, we're going to wrap up with John Robinson, the author again of the book NXT: The Future Is Now. Here on Jobbing Out, John, let me wrap with this. You and I, I apologize for forgetting who it was that said it, but there was a line from someone in there about you know how how NXT is still kind of cool right now, and at some point it might not be so cool, like the commercialism of the main product might end up sort of infiltrating its way into NXT. And I guess that, that leads into my question, which is everything that you're talking about, this, this, this indie rock thing, everybody's bought on. WWE's created its indie in NXT. Can it stay that way? Or, you know, is the success of NXT ultimately going to end up leading to it being commercialized and it looking like every other WWE product and, while we still all watch, because goddammit, we still watch a thousand hours of WWE programming every week, are we going to lose that sort of feeling of how cool NXT is? I think as long as uh, Triple H is in charge, he's going to make sure it's not overexposed. Like That's the one thing he kept talking about uh, You know, the day I was there with him. like He must have said that to me like ten different times. Like, oh, if you know, we can make million dollars with NXT, but that's not the point. You know, we can't let this thing get overexposed. Because uh, I had actually asked him, I said, I oh, wouldn't it be cool at, like, WrestleMania if, like, the opening match was the NXT championship match or something like that. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, it would be cool, but that's not the NXT audience. That's not, you know, that's why we do TakeOver. And uh, we're not trying to take away uh, the shine from the WWE stars, and we're not trying to take away the shine from TakeOver. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. He, he wants to keep them separate. And, uh, you know, it's also to the point we talked about guys getting called up before. You know, Hunter said it's not even, even though he's in charge of NXT, it's not his call who gets called up to the big show. It's Vince McMahon. And sometimes Vince will say, hey, I need a big guy. You know, give me Kevin Owens. Or, hey, I need, you know, a tag team. Give me these guys. And, uh, you know, Hunter will say, no, 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 what about, you know, I'll give him three or four names and I'll say, hey, this guy's more ready. But if Vince decides someone is the look that he wants, Vince will take them. Uh, so, you know, it's interesting to see the dynamic between the brands. Uh, but I think as long as Triple H uh, stays in charge, he's going to make sure that it doesn't get overexposed and that they don't try to monetize it to the point where the the hardcore faithful fans get kind of nauseated and, uh, you know, like you said, we don't want another Raw or another SmackDown. Uh, NXT has this cool, old-school, you know, hip feel to it. And, uh, you know, if you change it, it's not going to be the same. And I think people will walk away. Here's John Robinson. Again, the book is NXT, The Future Is Now. And also, he referenced that uh, he worked with Pete Gass on his book, and we, of course, just had Pete on a couple weeks ago. So pick up that book as well, because it's great. It's uh, Looking at the Lights, uh, which is just an amazing story about Pete Gass, the WWE fan, becoming a performer. It's a really, really cool thing. John, you're on Twitter, right? It's at uh, J-Rob and Steele. Yeah, that's right, Jay Robin Steele. And that's Steele, S-T-E-A-L. Give John a follow there. Hey, man, really enjoyed the book. Um, it's It's been a great read. I have literally, I, I got it in my hands on Monday, and we recorded this on Wednesday. So I got through 200-some pages in, in just two days. So you can tell that I'm I'm way into it. Um, looking forward to finishing it up and, and, and looking forward. What's do you, have, do you have a next project in mind at this point? Uh, of all things, I'm actually trying to write a novel. Oh. And, uh, like a sports crime story. Um, 
So I'm trying to finish that up and then, you know, maybe jump back in the ring for another WWE book Love in the it. future. Love it. Hey, John, appreciate it, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. Hey, thanks a lot. Good stuff. Appreciate John Robinson joining us. Go pick up the book. It is a captivating read. All right, um, we are winding down. Let's do a quick count to wind down the show as AJ rejoins us for this final segment. Um, let's uh, let's go off the reservation. Actually, you, uh, Aaron Oster, were able to go off the reservation yourself over the weekend. I was. I got to go over to uh, Ring of Honor, which you decided not to go to. No, no, no. That's not what I decided to do. Because you, you hate I had to wrestling work. and you hate really you such fun a dick things. When I, I had and... to do my job. You are a dick. I did. If Here's it had been at night, worst. I mean, yeah, this, this I'm a dick because like, I go to Ring of Honor. If yeah. it had been, I said, if it had been at night, I would have been all in. When you first asked me about it, I assumed it was at night. Why did they do it at two in the afternoon? That's so weird. I think I think they were actually going around the Orioles game. They didn't want to go up against anything. There was mm, an Orioles game right, that night. There were some other things mm. going on that night. So they were mm. like, "Hey, we'll we'll do this here." All right. Well, how was it? Oh, I I know about the yeah. I mean, I know about the thing. So. The thing. The. uh the tag match for the Young Bucks, the open challenge for the, is that what, is that the thing you were I'm referring correct. to? That's the thing. Yes, the uh, open challenge where a former guest of Jobbing Out appeared. That's right. That's right. So, uh, I, I won't. Oh, we can't say. Yeah, we might as well. It's, it's not a huge spoiler. Yeah, the, the spirit, well, I mean, if you, if you're, no, fr- does anybody even watch the Ring of Honor? Like, how can you watch the Ring of Honor on TV anymore? You DVR it at, but when? It, it, I mean, in DC, it's at one in the morning on ABC Ugh. on Saturday nights. Yeah. Yeah, don't, we're not gonna worry about that. So, um, yeah, the, the, they had their invitation to any former team, press, present, or future, you know, they did the Matt Hardy thing, the, yep. we'll defend against anybody, and the Spirit Squad showed up. That's and awesome. That was kind of wonderful. And actually, they, the match was pretty good. I was That's surprised. Cool. It was like 75% offense for the squad, which was kind of surprising. Yeah. And, you know, they set up the, uh, the paper. Unless, unless the, that's their way of getting the Spirit Squad over on Ring of Honor in the way that they're going to be the new tag team that runs that. Because let's be honest, Spirit Squad just travels around. They don't really have a home. Oh, yeah. Spirit Squad right. is available. There's no doubt about I, that. I, I think it's a one-time thing based on uh, – I'd be very surprised otherwise. They, they didn't even have music or anything. They just kind of showed up in their outfits, and they fought. <laughs> and it was – I mean, it was it was fine. It was fun. You know, they, they had some great heel work there because those guys are still great heels and really annoying heels, and everyone was booing them out of the building, and it was wonderful. But Man, I um, love the Spirit Squad. Uh, we, we apparently got Leo Rush's last appearance with Ring of Honor. So, so what's the deal there? I think it's the same as the Keith Lee deal, is that he's seeing he can go to Evolve, he can Evolve and then work other indies. Yeah. Most Ring of Honor contracts these days do not allow them to work other American independents. But he's always been able to work MCW. Uh, well, uh, you get to have a few, and I think that he okay. realized I can make... I think Evolve is is a big, bigger th- thing well, I don't that some people realize. We, I mean, that's what we talked about with Keith Lee. We said, yeah. look, that part of the reason why you go to Evolve is because you're very. it's very clear that Triple H is watching you at that yeah. point, once you're at Evolve. Triple H is is watching you, I and it it allows more freedom. You can do it. You know, you don't have to abide by. Oh, Ring of Honor needs you here. You have to be here if you do have one of those countries. Like Dalton Castle can't work for other any other uh, American Indies other than PWG right now. Hmm. He has to go elsewhere. Hmm. You know, that's why you don't see Adam Cole. It's why Adam Cole couldn't work MCW last summer when uh, they tried to get him. Um, you know, the, a lot of the times you have restrictions when you have a Ring of Honor contract. So you have that with Leo Rush. Um, there's a question about what's going on with Bobby Fish right now, if he's in or if he's out. He was at the show. Um, the pay-per-view, the setup they're having for the pay-per-view, uh, which would be either late May or early June, they, they taped far enough in advance, um, looks great. The title match is going to be sick. It's, okay. it, it's going to be uh, Christopher Daniels, Jay Lethal, and Cody. 
Sounds pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Sounds pretty good. Um, you know, you question about dissent. Like the the big storylines coming out. You got that title match going. You have a possible dissension within the Bullet Club with Adam Cole, and um, th- those were kind of the two big storylines that went on. But you also have uh, War Machine wasn't there because a couple guys were out in Japan at the time, so they didn't necessarily get to be part of the tapings. But um, the Christopher Daniels lethal Cody thing was going on with the Bullet Club and the Young Bucks also, you know, kind of weaving their way in there. You had that. Uh, what else? Big happened. Dalton Cat. It looks like it might be Castle Cole. I think might be the match at the pay per view. That wasn't made clear, but that was kind of the hint going up to it. And again, Dalton Castle is the greatest thing. Sounds in great. Swing, yeah, so right. I'm, I'm no, all in. no one's I'm going all in. to complain about that. Oh. And then they do have some. They um, they had the top prospect tournament, and a couple new guys ended up showing up at the show who who we uh, hadn't been seen. He wasn't in the top prospect tournament, but he showed up. Uh, we saw him at What Culture actually. David Starr, the product. David Starr. He uh, showed up to Ring of Okay, Father. okay. He was the guy, he had like a ton of nicknames. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler, right, right. you know, the the king of taunts or whatever his name was, whatever. Um, he looks like he's going to be part of Ring of Honor now. Uh, a lot of a lot of cool uh, new guys. Flip Gordon was there. Uh, Evan Bourne returned. That's going to be oh, okay. Big wow. Uh, Evan Bourne is going to face, oh, uh, who was it? Who is Evan Bourne now? Like, what, is he just Evan Bourne? Uh, no, he's uh, reborn Matt Seidel. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who did he? Who's the TV champion right now there? Uh, oh, uh, Marty Skrull. Oh, yeah, Marty, the villain. Yep, Marty Skrull and uh, Matt Seidel looks like it's going to be at the pay-per-view, that's which cool. is going to be awesome. Yep, that's cool. So, yeah. Very good. All right, uh, next, there was a list that AJ sent us that he um, had great interest in, and for good reason. AJ, you want to tell us a little bit more about this? Yeah, so uh, I saw the Forbes list of the top ten paid uh, performers in WWE this past year. Um can we just say nobody on earth has a better life than Brock Lesnar? It's really uh, yeah. amazing. It's yeah. amazing. How many matches did Brock Lesnar work this year? Like eight? Maybe, Maybe a few yeah, more than right. that just because he did yeah, that, like, that run of house shows at the end. But, like, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, on television, maybe eight shows. Um, and he got paid $12 million. He was number one on the list. John Cena got $8 million, number two on the list. Triple H, number three on the list, 3.8. Roman Reigns, rightfully, number four on the list, 3.5. Dean Ambrose, who surprised me to finish. Uh, yeah, out the that that five. was the biggest. That was the biggest surprise. I agree. Two point seven million dollars for Dean Ambrose at number five. Um, AJ Styles, two point four million dollars at number six. Shane McMahon, two point two million dollars at number seven. Undertaker, two million dollars at number eight. Which is funny because he made more than that in years that he didn't wrestle as much. So that was weird to me. Um, Seth Rollins, $2 million, number nine, but he spent a lot of time on injury. And Randy Orton, $1.9 million, number 10, and he also spent, um, the first five, six months of WWE, of 2016 injured. So, I mean, that's why he didn't make as much as he had in years past. But, I mean, these guys are making cheddar, man. It is remarkable. I, the total amounts of money, you're right. Now, I don't know, and I didn't get to see this on the list. Is this everything included? Is this, you know, merchandising. It's, it's, it's merchandise. This... I don't know if it's outside things. Okay. Like, I don't know yeah, if that. I think, I think it's just merch and, like, payments for, from WWE. It's just payments for WWE. Okay. I, I didn't know if that included, like, Jimmy John's for Brock Lesnar or whatever. That's no, because a... he would have, because he would have made more, he would have made more than this. Because how much did he make just off, uh, the oh, UFC, the UFC fight. fight, right? That's a good point. That's a good point. Indiana. Well, but. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I don't know. Maybe related to wrestling, because like Jimmy Johnson, you get It explains why our WrestleMania tickets cost $440. It, it does, that. More, actually. I think AJ paid right. more than that. Um, 
you know, uh, it's, it's <laughs> good for know. them, right? <laughs> good for I, them. It is amazing to me. Yeah, I did remember, not remember the days when like one million dollars was like crazy no back doubt. in the Attitude Era. That's no why they would doubt. jump to WCW because they'd offer you know seven hundred thousand guaranteed it, it, contracts. It, it explains how they can keep adding talent. They clearly are rolling in it right now. And look, I yeah, guess, and and even though Aaron said that there's. You know, nobody thinks that the WWE ne- there's not enough evidence that the WWE network is working. Clearly, there's no evidence <laughs> because because nobody's making any money. Clearly, that's the reason. Oh, oh we we, we could go on this forever. Oh, I'm, I'm going to let it slide, but man, no, I we, think I think what we reaffirmed is that Aaron's an asshole. Aaron is the worst. Just, Damn me and my yeah, business yeah. reports. They suck. <laughs> Aaron is the worst. All right. Um, this let's... is also I don't know if you know this or not, but. The payments you make to your employees are also a business report. That is they, true they, too. They, it is. It is. That is true too. Obviously, they're failing. They're, they're obviously, totally failing. Obviously, obviously, they're I, failing. Did, didn't they just say? I mean, WrestleMania made so much money for them. Just yeah, I, I didn't realize like percentage wise. I, I I guess is it the total weekend that they count in there? Oh yeah, it's, like, it's it's everything. It's it's the money they get from the yeah. city. It's yeah. it's the. Access. It's the uh, yeah. All right. Fair enough. NXT merge. Right. Mania. Yeah. Raw. Right. SmackDown. What did I see? Like thirty-four million this weekend. It's not bad. That's not bad. That'll get you three years of Brock Lesnar. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that gets you. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's wind things down. Last one for the week. Uh, Aaron is some other information that we found out about. Are, are we going with? I guess we're just going with the dates here. That oh, what was the other one that we were going to do? Edward, James Laurinaitis. I thought was a fun oh, story. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. Yes, James Laurinaitis retired from the NFL officially. Obviously, you know, James Laurinaitis' father, of course, um, a former guest here on yes. uh, Jobbing We've Out. We've talked about right? James Laurinaitis on Jobbing Out before. Um, and If you don't know, it's Road Warrior Animal. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, there's the immediate we, – we, I remember we asked him then yeah. about James potentially being in, in the WWE, and he said then, I think football is going to be – how long ago was it that we had – animal on the show i feel like well let me see i want to say like 14 to 15 months ago uh, uh, it was it was at it the was, beginning of football season was, not this past before. year yeah it, it was i don't know if it was before you were a full-time part of the show it, it was or, it was because i was I had because i later did um because i remember because it was the few weeks before the rams ended up coming into town to face the ravens and i ended up doing some work with the rams radio broadcast okay. so i was talking to them about it okay. which was not this past season but the season before so it was probably like september 2015 somewhere okay around. Well, he said that he thought football was long term for James, and you know, turns out not quite the case. I, I think we're all assuming, right? I mean, like, he's thir- it's it's a question on how like he doesn't need he made thirty five million over the course of his career, which isn't a ton. Well, you know, AJ's it, made about that, right? Yeah, exactly. AJ, you yeah, made about thirty five. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but he is 30. He's young enough that he could get into it. Right. We, he's talked about it before. I remember during the lockout, that was one of the things he said, you know, well, if this keeps going, maybe I'll just try my hand in wrestling. You know, he kind of said that. Um, obviously, his entire family. Well, does anybody think it's a problem if he does? No. Like, yeah, no. I mean, like, I think everyone would love that. Yeah, go for it, dude. Like, um, I, I don't know what else there is to say. I just hope he doesn't follow, like... Like, Charlotte has the benefit of that her dad's gimmick can work in any generation ever. Yeah. But, like, he doesn't have that benefit, so I hope he doesn't fall well, You know, it's funny side. you say that because, like, it, like, people would show up for games wearing, wearing the shoulder Road Warrior spikes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I, 
you you'd, you couldn't do it in a corny way. You'd have to do it in like, and it couldn't be like we're the new Road Warriors. It's just that I am James Laurinaitis. Right. I, I'm you know I am the new Road Warrior. You oh know, my god! I actually just thought of a great idea. The Last Warrior. The Last Warrior is yeah. not bad. Right. That's not bad. Wasn't that the name of a terrible Tom Hanks movie? Or Tom Cruise movie? I think it was Last Samurai. Last Samurai, damn it. That's right. It was Last because Samurai. Because, of course, the Samurai has to be white. Yeah, Tom, Tom Cruise, <laughs> four foot three, Last Samurai. Jesus Christ. Um, look, yeah, of course, of course we're for it. Who would, who would be opposed to James Laurinaitis joining the WWE? Yep. Who would be opposed to that whatsoever? All right, well, that'll do it. That'll do it. Uh, thanks again to John Robinson for joining us. Again, the book is NXT The Future Is Now. Um, next week, Ron Funchess joins the program. Yes. I am very excited about that. He's coming to Ramshead Live. We love them. Does Ron Funchess play cornerback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? <laughs> Do you not know? Wait a second. Do you not know who Ron Funchess is? I thought that was the, I thought we were going with the gimmick. Oh, but I'm just, but I did that in part because I was making fun that I didn't know who Brent Grimes was. Are you, are you, you hold on, you actually, you didn't know who Brent Grimes was? No, 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 was. I knew who Brent Grimes was. I, all right, you know what, we're, we're both, we're on the wrong wavelength here, very clearly. You and I are very much on the wrong wavelength. I just... No, Ron Fudges is awesome. He's every fucking time I've hilarious. He's amazing. Every then, time I've seen him on Midnight, I almost piss myself. Oh, my God. He's, he's great on that Midnight. He's actually, he's probably the best part not saying that. Uh, do you watch Powerless at all? That's no, the new. I sure do not. I, I've seen a few episodes. He's great in it right, because he's great in everything. Yeah, and, he's really great. And he's he's going to be. And he's, he's going to have is, just finished the get high watch wrestling thing with, with yeah. Xbox. So we get to talk to him about that because yeah, that's going to be amazing. He's I'm a sure. super wrestling nerd, and he's going to join us on next week's show. Also, by the way, got we're back. Bruce Pritchard is going to be joining us uh, shortly here. So a couple of good weeks coming up of the program. Um, AJ. Let's get the plugs in. Tell you, uh, you're on. Tell us where people can find you, and we've already we've already done the SoundCloud. So tell yeah. me where they can find uh, Francis Sports Academy as well. Yeah, you know, uh, you can find me on Twitter at AJ Francis four one zero. You can find my uh, the Francis Sports Academy on Instagram at Francis underscore Sports, or on Twitter at Francis underscore Sports. Um, I'll be back in Maryland, so I, my dad is doing a camp right now, a weekly camp uh, coming up. Uh, right now because the kids are on spring break and then he'll be back to the weekend basketball training. I'm going to be doing some football training when I get back to DC. Um, I've been doing some training down here in Orlando. Uh, yeah, just go on Francis underscore sports on uh, Instagram or Twitter and find it there. And, uh, or you can follow me on Twitter. Like I said, AJ Francis 410. I'm always moving. You know what I'm saying? OTA on the way. Got the album coming out. Just know that I'm like this is no hyperbole I definitely think I'm about to win best new artist at the Grammys. That's well let's make it happen. Let's make it ha- get me a ticket. That's all I ask for. Like uh like uh, Chris Rock did for um Dave Chappelle. Oh no, that was the Academy Awards. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. I'll skip my trip to Flint, Michigan too. Um also real quick, are are we plugging your uh, like birthday thing? Are we telling people they can come? Oh yeah, if you guys dude, also by the way, if you guys want to come, I'm having a, my birthday party is is May 7th. Um go to Famous, uh, what's the website? Is it Jimmy's Jim, Famous Seafood? You know what? It's funny you say that. I assume it is, but I better check. Yeah, it is. Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Uh, Jimmy's Famous Seafood.com. You, can you, you up, might have uh, heard of Jimmy's mates. from every wrestler ever. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Um, and, uh, if you, it's 60 bucks. And with the 60 bucks, you get your ticket to the game. It's the Orioles versus the uh, White Sox. Um, 1.35 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon, a beautiful Sunday afternoon. It's not Mother's Day. 
Um, it's the week, it's the Sunday before Mother's Day. And then if you buy your tickets, show up. We're going to have a good time. My friends and family are going to be there. Last year we got on, uh, we were on TV because we literally spent the entire, we were drinking beforehand. So it was a night game. So, I mean, we're still going to be drinking beforehand anyway, but it was a night game last time. So we were drinking all day. And, um, so by the time we got there, we were literally heckling the, the Oakland A's outfielders <laughs> from literally from every single moment that they were in the outfield, we were talking shit to them. So we're probably going to do the same thing this year against the White Sox because now our seats are even better. You, if you buy your seats now before the, the first bunch sells out, um, you're guaranteed to be in the first two rows in the outfield. So it's going to be a great time. We're going to have a good time and you should come out. It's my birthday party. You don't have to bring me a gift. Just, your presence is my present. May 7th, looking forward to it. I'll be there, I know for sure. It'll be a lot of fun. All right, uh, Aaron, you're on Twitter. At the AOster. The show is on Twitter. Jobbing, at Jobbing Out Show. Gmail. Jobbing Out Show at gmail.com. You've got what coming up at the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone? Uh, not sure about coming up, but uh, go back, look at the past, look at the stuff that I posted uh, WrestleMania week, both the Wrestling Society X and the Christopher Daniels interviews. I actually had a good interview last week with uh, Ring of Honor COO Joe Koff. That was uh, that was pretty good. Had a lot of insight on Ring of Honor. And uh, I decided I was bored on Tuesday night, so I decided to go my inner ESPN and grade all the trades as if they were actually trades between Raw and SmackDown and figure out who actually won the Superstar Shakeup. So if you're bored and want to check that out, go check that out on BaltimoreSun.com. All right, very good. Uh, at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, GlennClarkRadio.com, for Aaron Oster and for... The main event. Vent. 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 AJ Francis of the Washington Redskins. This has been Jotting Out. Jobbing out.